0: Episode 37, we are back. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp brad. But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it,
1: it, It's a trap!
0: It good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party, subculture Spill over like a vulture, carry over Counterculture, push over Pop culture, leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers, sure the only talent Is the band that's singing this Hot culture, leftovers are, are, are you ready for the only podcast Hotter than a human torch? It's
2: Pop Culture Leftovers. 5 4 3 2 1. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. The only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. We are back after a hiatus. <laughs> and uh, it feels good. I am Brian.
3: I'm Jason. I'm Jake.
2: uh reunited and it
1: feels so good. Yes.
2: Yeah you, you guys haven't heard enough fucking
1: music already. That intro that was so epic. I already feel like a letdown. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I peed <beat> my pants. <laughs> I'm gonna play that uh, intro during my next love making session. <laughs> oh. yeah wow. Oh. It'll be a complete letdown <laughs> there too, so I'm back yeah Jason is back. Jake is back. Now, guys, this is definitely not a uh, reboot of the show. This is more of a reunion. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Definitely. Yes. In
3: in living color in my house.
2: Yeah. We're all in the same studio yes. together. That
1: needs to be pointed out because this is the first time we've done this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Brian can see me now, so fear for my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are within an arm's reach for me to strangle. <laughs> We might have a Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson moment here, where I just strangle you. Um, But, uh, so, I mean, it's been uh, five months for you guys. The last show that you guys did was the Thorcast. Yes. And then we had our news podcast after that that we recorded. And uh, the last show that I did was three months ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, over the last five months, what have you guys been up to? Go ahead. Well, I, you know, I've... uh, (laughs) i've been
3: sad for one uh that we haven't been doing this and this is definitely a bittersweet moment to have you guys at my house all in the same room and to be able to podcast again like this it's a beautiful fucking day outside um but yeah i mean i've, I've mainly been missing it you know i've just been working I'm, I'm at a new shop now i'm still selling records and uh loving that and uh you know music is my passion next to everything we talk about here on the show so uh but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's really good to see you guys. I
4: don't I don't
3: really know, you know, anything else that's more important to me right now than uh, having you guys here in the house. It's awesome. Yeah, it's all
2: about, yeah, it's all about shaking off the rust, getting
3: yeah, back that into too.
1: it. Yeah. yeah, I've still been, you know, doing my nine to five job, you know, and really been missing doing the podcast. You know, still been a Johnny Number Five of pop culture. You know, input, input. You know, watching lots of movies and TV and comics and. You know, next week I think we're going to cover a lot of the stuff that... Um
2: yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Next week is going to be our uh, Catching Up with the Leftovers episode. I yeah. mean, it's been five months for you guys, three months for me. There's a lot that we got to talk about that people haven't been able to uh, hear our opinions on. And so I think there's a lot of our dedicated listeners that want to hear our opinions on some of the shit that's come out. Yeah. recently that we haven't got to voice our opinions on exactly I'm
1: excited to fill in that gap next week and talk about all the movies we weren't podcasting during and stuff you absolutely
3: know? absolutely that's been the hardest part is not being able to really talk to you guys because you know events but you know everything that's come up lately there's a lot of exciting news that we haven't been able to really talk about with fans or you guys you know us as a cup as a group you know talk about so. yeah and, and I don't know about
1: YouTube but I still toss taste and Tupperware every day
3: yeah oh definitely it's, <laughs> a, it's automatic you know you you see something up toss it
1: yeah
2: (laughs) um yeah i I personally i went through some bullshit and some of the fans knew it Uh, i had some things go on in my life and uh, i don't want to get into it everybody that needs to know about it they know about it and uh everybody that doesn't need to know about it just 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 know that i was going through some bullshit everything's worked out i'm in a better place now and you know like this show is the thing that i've been looking forward to the most i mean i don't know what life's uh Has ahead of me, but uh, I know that pop culture leftovers is going to be a mainstay with me. (laughs) No no matter uh, what happens from here on out, I want you guys included. Uh, You know, we are going to have people on the show to some of these movie events. Uh, You know, we've got Gina coming back for a couple episodes. Cool. Uh, I've got another listener who's a big fan. Uh, His name is John Woods, and we're going to have him on for a couple episodes. We're going to Skype it up with him. Talk to him about some movies. I want to get some other opinions here. So nice. It, it'll be nice. And I, I want to take... We're gonna, Okay, we're going to talk about Captain America, The Winter Soldier. That's what this episode is about. It's also about us getting back together, which is a huge thing. Yeah. So... I mean it's kind of like two different things going on right now
1: I don't know about you guys but this already feels like our best podcast being in the same room together this this is already this is some magic we got here yeah
2: yeah. it's awkward that you're not wearing any pants right now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll
1: I'll fix that in the future I promise
3: (laughs) yeah I don't think people understand how difficult it was not being able to see each other when we're talking and um It just, you know, we, we were always looking to, you know, see somebody's reaction. You know, it's never the same unless somebody's in the same room with you. And, uh, it's, it's really awesome to be able to do this for the first time.
2: Yeah, I took the drive here to Peoria and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's definitely worth it. I'm going to keep doing it every week, every week that I can. Uh, I'm definitely going to do this unless there's time restraints or something like that. We'll, we'll have to Skype it up, but I'm going to be here as much as possible. Uh, I did want to thank, uh, you know, in, in our hiatus, I want to, t- I want to thank, and if I miss somebody, I apologize. I deeply apologize. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't mean anything to me or to us. You do. Uh, but I do, I want to thank some listeners that have been kind of there for the show while we've been on hiatus and wanting us to come back. I want to thank Mark Perillo, uh, Charlotte Callentine, Dan West, John Woods, Frank Hammer, Bryce Logan, Jake Johnston, Austin Shadowin, uh, Jeff LeBaron, Jacob Harmon, Chris Williams, Eric Wade, Michael W Cornish, Dustin Porter, Danny Murphy, uh, silvino five sixty two on Twitter, uh, Pete Neen on Twitter, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pete. I miss Pete. <laughs> uh,
2: Dana Marie, um, Kenneth Tagger, uh, Bill and Dan Seipel, Aaron Claude Miller, Josh Hill, Joshua Sheel, Dan Hunter and uh, Kev, Karen, Kev Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin <laughs> Kevin Sparenberg. Uh, his last name's Sparen, so I said Karen. Uh, I could call him Karenberg. That yeah, could be could. cool. Yeah, the Karenberger. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we'll be we'll be contacting all of them soon with the plans.
2: Yes, but uh, if I left anybody's name out, I do apologize. Uh, go after Jake. <laughs> But we hey guys, we're gonna be talking to Captain
5: uh,
2: Captain <laughs> Dude. It's been fucking three months since I've done this. I'm all tongue twisted and shit. Um, but uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier here in a second. I want to talk about our experience in the movie theater. Um, you know whether we saw it in 2D, uh, 3D, or even IMAX 3D. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what about you, man? What did you I, see this in?
1: I just saw it in regular 2D. Um, it was post production three D, <laughs> so so I, I didn't spend the money. And you know what? I I've tried IMAX before. I have shitty shitty vision. And when I see a movie in IMAX, it's like I don't even see the movie. I can't focus on the whole screen at once, and I can't follow the movie.
2: Yeah, when, um, when I first got here, you were like, "Hey, Dan, I didn't know you." Were yeah. the- <laughs> he didn't even know it was me.
1: So I, I feel like kind of left out of the whole IMAX thing. I wish I could enjoy it, and I've tried, but it's like if I want to even know what the fuck is happening, I have to. I have to see the movie on a regular movie screen. Okay, so 2D for Jay. Jay, what did you see it? in?
3: Uh, I saw it in 3D. I wanted to see it in IMAX, but uh, I opted for. 3D just for budgetary reasons, um, and I, I know it was post. You know, I, I know it was post uh, 3D on that one, but um, I, I enjoyed the 3D. I, I thought it was. You know, I, I don't know. I've been liking 3D a lot lately because it's just so immersive for me. You know, even if it isn't perfect all the time, you know, it's still I still like it more than 2D for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it in 3D.
2: Uh, I went and saw it in IMAX 3D uh, yesterday, and um, honestly, in I think this movie—I don't know—I'm going to get into the way it was filmed in 3D, mm-hmm. but uh, um, I think I would have enjoyed it maybe a little bit better if it was just in standard IMAX. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, what trailers did you get? We got a lot of questions from listeners wanting to know, like you know, what
1: uh, basically like what trailers premiered before our viewing. Well, that's great between the three of us real quick that we between we saw it in all three formats basically yeah, between yeah, the three of us yeah, yeah I, I didn't really get too many interesting trailers i got the guardians of the galaxy trailer right. the same one that we've seen a bunch of times yes. i got a newer days of future past trailer i think tra- trailer number five for that um i got a newer amazing spider-man two trailer i think it was trailer like number four for that right and, and that's about it wow
3: yeah, I, I got the same things except I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get Amazing Spider-Man. I got Godzilla. Um,
1: yes, yeah, I did not get that.
3: Which I, you know, I, I, whenever I saw I saw the trailer and I just kept thinking to myself, everyone's going to get up and applaud. You know, I felt like getting up and applauding for the trailer. Nobody did, of course, but. Um, that was the best part of it, was seeing that on the big screen, rather than, you know, my computer watching the trailers and stuff. And then, of course, there was TMNT and uh, Transformers, before uh, mine. We, we did
1: have TMNT, I I'd blocked that out, it sorry. Was, uh,
3: <laughs> I was not uh, thrilled about that
2: whatsoever. Um, Transformers actually looked like I might go see it. But. Did you guys see the, uh, online they posted, like, the tra- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, a fan had actually fixed the look of the turtle. You know how no. the nose mm. in this one, it it's not as rounded as like in the cartoon right, version. Right. Uh, a fan had fixed it to make it look like the cartoon version and then they even went a step closer and then they didn't make it as pronounced as the cartoon version, but kind of made it
1: a medium of like what they've done with the film and what they and it looks better. That's that's embarrassing almost in today's day and age where a fan can come in and fix the fucking studio shit. And they did. <laughs> it, it, <yeah. laughs> it looked a lot better. Um, I don't know about you, but the
2: proportions seem really weird on these new turtles. Yeah.
3: It, it looks like they're trying to make them have, like, human faces, but they, they end up looking like they've got, like, baby faces or something. I, I don't know.
4: I, I, I hate the look of it.
3: I yeah. just saw From the... a distance, they look cool. Like, when you see Leonardo for the first time in the trailer, at least, he kind of jumps down from a building. And from a distance, like, in the shadow, he looks... Like you know, legitimate, like cool, like the way you picture him But did
1: you guys just hear the uh, Johnny Knoxville, Tony yeah, Shalhoub yeah, voice announcement? Yeah, what do you guys that. think about that? I don't, That's,
3: I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> is it because of the raspiness? Or yeah,
1: I, I don't get it. Either. Have they done any voiceover work, like voice acting, before? Not that I know of. Not yeah. that I'm following Johnny Knoxville or Tony Shalhoub's career. No. But right, yeah. yeah, not that I, know I don't of. know. Dukes of Hazard was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He was, um, he was in uh, Men in Black,
2: too, right? Oh, God, that was the worst one. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, next week, I think for uh, my good pop, bad pop, I'm, I'm going to talk about Men I'm Men in Black 3. I watched that last oh, week. did you? So. I still
1: haven't seen that. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear what you think.
2: Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you know. I've already got my thoughts written down now. Uh, the trailers that I got to see, I got to see a total of six. Uh, and in order, it was Maleficent, mm. which actually looked really good on the end. I'm, I'm excited for
1: that, too, actually. Um,
2: then Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I saw that one, which was, like you said, the same trailer. Now, if you go online, you can actually see... Uh, Bradley Cooper talking a little bit about his part as Rocket Raccoon. And they do show a scene, and it almost looks like a kind of like a, like a, like when they get arrested, you know, and they're in the prison or whatever, it looks like a prison scene where Rocket Raccoon, he's almost like in the orange, uh, prison scrubs, and he does talk as Bradley Cooper. Oh, cool. I saw that. You did see that? I did see that. Okay. And, uh, it wasn't enough for me to really go on. You couldn't really gauge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm gonna freeze that one. So remember, uh, Lee Tapscott's freezes? It? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna freeze it on the uh, Bradley Cooper uh, Rocket Raccoon casting. Now, um, then I saw Interstellar, hmm. uh, which hmm. is, they did a voiceover of, of uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, which he has stepped up for me as an actor yeah, after yeah. watching Dallas Buyers Club.
1: Have you seen True Detective? No, I have not. Oh, I, I have not seen True seen Detective.
2: <laughs> um, but uh, then I saw Godzilla, uh, which looks phenomenal. Um, which was it was not in 3D. The when they showed it in the trailer. The next trailer was Amazing Spider-Man 2, which they did show in IMAX 3D, and the 3D in this looks phenomenal. I was talking with you guys outside before Mm -hmm. we recorded about how good it looked. Um, The colors are beautiful, bright, beautiful, and I mean just, it just looks amazing and 3D. I mean, I don't know if this movie's gonna be any good. Honestly, I'm really worried about it. It looks
1: kinda crappy to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. His suit just pops. I mean, His the, suit looks the, amazing. The colors on the suit just Everybody pop else's costume movie. looks like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: so, I, you know, uh, but, uh, then, uh, then they have the Transformers 4 trailer. <laughs> See, I which, get... I, you know, I could give a rat's ass about, um Transformers at this point in, in the cinematic universe. Yeah, I really don't care. Um, Michael Bay behind with with him helming this movie, it just looks like garbage to me. Um, I know it's going to be like, okay, we're going to have Optimus Prime trying to be the alpha male and taking down Grimlock, and then later on we'll get the epic scene of him riding Grimlock back into this victorious battle against the Decepticons, and it's the same crap. And they're going to try to, you know, Mark Wahlberg's in this, which I mean, I don't know, guys. I mean, step up. It's a step up, but. At the same, I can't take him seriously anymore after watching Andy Samberg make fun of him <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Right, How a you, goat.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> tell your mama said hi. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> say, say hi to your mama for me. Yeah,
2: exactly. Anytime he makes fun of an actor, whether it's Nick Cage or, or, or Wahlberg, I can't take him seriously anymore. So right, I kind of blame Samberg on that. But all right, so without further ado, it's time now for our review of Marvel's Captain America: The Winter Soldier.
1: <laughs> That's a catchy tune. I really like that. For some reason, I think I suck after hearing it though. <laughs>
2: If you can see Jake right now, he's like covering his face.
0: Oh
2: shit! Oh. you guys were not expecting that. No. All right, sorry. Jake takes. Jake looks like the wind has been taking out taken out of his sails. Like if you can see the look on his face. No one likes me. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh no.
5: <laughs>
1: oh, man. oh shit. Can we not do movie reviews anymore?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that, that,
1: that, is, that is our permanent movie review song.
2: Oh no. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So, uh, guys, it's, it's it's safe to say that we're going to have spoilers in this review. Yes. Spoilers, uh, Probably from the get-go. We're going to probably be talking about some spoilers. And so if you're listening and you haven't seen Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to turn off the podcast, watch the movie, come back, and give us a listen. Now, uh, let's go over the synopsis. After the cataclysmic events in New York with the Avengers, Marvel's Captain America, the Winter Soldier, finds Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, living quietly in Washington DC and trying to adjust to the modern world. But when a SHIELD colleague comes under attack, Steve becomes embroiled in a web of intrigue that threatens to put the world at risk. Joining forces with the Black Widow, Captain America struggles to expose the ever-widening conspiracy while fighting off professional assassins sent to silence him at every turn. When the full scope of the villainous plot is revealed, Captain America and the Black Widow enlist the help of a new ally, the Falcon. They soon find themselves up against an unexpected and formidable enemy, the Winter Soldier. Um, Here's a cool fact, guys, about uh, the movie. To prevent spoilers and to keep secrecy, uh, the working title of the project while filming was called Freezer Burn. Mm -hmm. I
1: like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, the movie is directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. They are best known for their work on comedies such as the movie You, Me, and Dupree, and the show Community. Uh, they also did some work on Arrested Development as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so while most people were shocked that Marvel was hiring James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy, there were others that were actually equally confused when they gave this to the Russo brothers.
1: Mm, definitely.
2: Uh, then when I... You know, then I I was really shocked that uh, they were making this in the vein of a 70s political thriller. Right. Uh, But, you know, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, It was announced in March that they've been rehired to direct the third installment of the film after uh, the impressive test screenings of The Winter Soldier. Cool. I like that. Uh, writers, uh, the screenplay was uh, by Christopher Marcus. Uh, he also did. Uh, he also uh, was, wrote uh, Thor, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, you know the Prince Caspian movie as well, and then Stephen McFeely, uh, which has a very, very invasive last name. <laughs> I'm also going to credit comic book writer and legend Ed Brubaker. You screenplay. have to. Um, without him, this movie would never have been made possible. Uh, he had this to say about the movie before it was released. I got to go out to Marvel Studios and read one of the later drafts of the script. I went out to dinner with the directors Joe and Anthony Russo, and I talked to, uh, about the project and gave them feedback on what I liked or didn't like or what parts didn't work. I mean, the script I read was fantastic. The tone of it and the Bucky stuff is so perfect and the way I'd want it to be. I was so, I was so thrilled to see that. Um, I I want to throw out an Easter egg for you guys as well. I don't know if you caught this or not. Ed Ed Brubaker makes an appearance in this film. Does he have his Brubaker hat on? No, he doesn't. (laughs) No wonder I missed him. (laughs) Uh, He plays one of the scientists in the film that is in the room while they are brainwashing the Winter
1: Soldier with the electricity. Oh, nice. So he,
2: he is in the film, so I thought that was very
1: cool. During Zola's flashback? Yes. Gotcha.
2: Now, um... Chris Evans, uh, okay, the film stars Chris Evans, of course, as Captain America, Steve Rogers. And and while we're talking about Chris Evans, I wanted to clear something up about his contract that we've actually talked about in a previous episode uh, that people might be curious about this. He was originally signed on for six movies. Right. Marvel offered him nine Yeah, And then he talked with his family, they came down to six. He didn't know where this was going to go. Now, he's done three. Captain America, Avengers, and the Winter Soldier. So the big question was, did his cameo in Thor The Dark World count as one of those movies? Uh, Chris Evans addressed this in an interview recently, and he made it clear that no, Thor Thor 2 did not count. Which makes sense, looking back at... uh, what is it, the Incredible Hulk movie? Do you yeah. remember at the end when Tony Stark shows up right. and he's talking to the general? And uh, General Ross, and, and,
1: and that didn't count for one of yes. Robert Downey Jr.'s movies. So this is the same thing. Um, it's confusing to fans because for Samuel L. Jackson, all those little appearances have counted. I think. That's where where a little bit of the okay. confusion comes in. Yeah, Because yeah, of his 11 yeah, pitcher yeah, deal, yes. every, anytime he's in a movie for 15 seconds, it yes. has been counted for his. Right, yeah. That, and that, that, I can see why that would be confusing. Um, um, can I say something real quick? It's Yeah, go ahead. It's um, the other actor, the actor that plays Bucky, help me out, I'm having him brain freeze. Um, Sebastian Stan. Yes. It's very interesting that he has the 9 pitcher deal.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, <laughs> yeah. we got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, what we're looking at now with Chris Evans is uh, we're looking at Avengers two being the fourth film, uh, Cap three being the fifth, and likely Avengers three being the final film of that contract. Now he's expressed interest in uh, directing, oh. so um, and he's done some directorial work. Um, now the thing is, like, how successful is that career going to be for him? Um, you know, he's a smart guy. I mean, I've got to see more of his stuff. But how successful is that going to be? And, I mean, he really didn't care for this part when he first started doing it until he started going to cons and feeling the love from fans. Mm -hmm. He's really embraced this character now. So, I mean, I hope that Marvel Studios can keep him around for as long as possible. I think he does embody what we want in Steve Rogers.
1: Probably a very different kind of love than the love he was getting from Fantastic Four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the not-so-Fantastic Four. I
2: still say that the best Fantastic Four movie was The Incredibles. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, we had Scarlett Johansson uh, back as Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Uh, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Kobe Smolders back as Maria Hill.
1: Loved her. Yeah. Yes.
2: Uh, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Now, to prepare for the role of the Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan went through five months of physical training and historical research. Uh, he says, I dove into the whole Cold War history. I looked at the KGB. I looked at all kinds of spy movies and all kinds of documentaries about that time and what it was about. I grabbed anything from that time period and anything about brainwashing. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, so he must have read all the reviews about Captain America The Winter Soldier because they kind of brainwashed everybody into loving this movie before we saw it. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And Sebastian Stan revealed to Newsarama that he thinks he's been signed on for a total of nine Marvel movies. Uh, We had Samuel Jackson, of course, back as Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce. Yes. Um, Robert Redford wanted to do the film because his grandchildren are fans of Marvel films and he wanted them to see him in one. So he, he actually approached Marvel for the role yeah. of uh, to be in the movie. So uh, he really wanted to do this. Um,
1: we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, he likes to say cut the check whenever something had gone right Or, a scene had been completed. Uh, The phrase caught on during filming, and before long, everyone on the set was saying it. Mm -hmm. He's got a really infectious uh, personality, I've
1: heard. I heard he's a fun guy. He does seem like a fun guy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: Shooting in Washington, D.C. put Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and Falcon in scenes at some of the most prominent national landmarks, including the Jefferson Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, National Air and Space Museum, Capitol Building, National Mall. Uh Ocidano restaurant at the Willard Hotel, DuPont Circle neighborhood, and the Theodore Roosevelt Bridge, which the production shut down for the first time ever for filming of a major emotion picture. Wow. Uh, the budget was estimated at $170 million. Uh, it has a runtime of two hours and eight minutes. Uh, the movie it seems to be doing very well. Variety is reporting that it's brought in $37 million domestically on Friday. Which was enough to make it the biggest opening day for an April film. Nice. Uh, it's expected to hit ninety-five to hundred million over the weekend, which would make it the new record
1: holder for highest-grossing film in April. Do you? He, sorry, do you have what that beat on your screen? I'm just curious as to what was the highest April.
2: Yes, uh, 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 Fast and Furious Five. Oh yeah, Fast Five, which is the current record holder at eighty-six point two million. Wow. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier has already done well globally As it opened in several territories last weekend And currently sits with a gross of more than $100 million um, Let's go ahead and give our ratings Of the movie uh, if, if this is your first time listening to the show Then we'll let this lovely British man explain our rating system
0: the rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
2: Feels good to see, it. Feels good to hear that again. God, okay. yeah, it does. I've I, I missed that sweet, sexy, sultry sound of that guy's voice. That's that was heavenly. Much. It was. <laughs>
3: um, so we're gonna. Did you smell it. lavender when that was happening?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got hungry for some uh, fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> and some shepherd's pie. Exactly. Um, so we're gonna rate it. I, I'm gonna go last, if that's okay. I have a very long explanation of my rating. Uh, I thought about it for a long time, so if you guys want to go first, whoever wants to go first, feel free to go ahead and rate this one. We're going to use our rating system. It's not that fucking complicated, people. Yeah. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> Toss matter. it means we don't like it. <laughs> Taste it means, yeah, we like it a little bit. And then Tupperware <laughs> means we fucking loved
1: it. Yes, yes. How does that break down mathematically? <laughs> it's like a one, <laughs> don't a six to seven, or a nine to a ten. Jake, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and go first, man. I, I've I've thought about this movie so much since I've seen it and what I want to rate it. And Jeff LeBron's on her Facebook wall telling us that if we don't all Tupperware it, we, we lose a listener right away. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, the pressure's on, man. And, and we love Jeff. I yeah. love his input and I don't want to lose him as a listener. <laughs> Jeff, I don't want to lose you, but I fucking, I taste it, man. It's It's like, on the one to ten, it's like a seven and that's not a Tupperware to me. It's got to be an eight to ten for a Tupperware. I got to taste it. It was... There was so much to love about it, but there was stuff that was just glaringly bothersome to me. And we'll get into that as we talk about the movie. But, man, I got to taste it. The action was amazing, and it was filmed so well. I couldn't believe these community directors did these action sequences. But some of the stuff with the story, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. We're, we're going to get into all that. Jeff, don't go away.
3: <laughs> He's already gone. <laughs> He's already man. turned off the fucking podcast. <laughs>
1: please, please stay. I taste it, but I love. I still loved it.
2: Okay, okay.
1: I swear, if we fucking lose Jeff over (laughs) there. We have to bribe him. We'll make a separate podcast for Jeff where where I lie. Okay.
3: Yeah, we can can edit that later. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and. um, uh, This is a Tupperware for me. Um, uh, I immediately felt like this was the best of uh, the Marvel solo movies that I've seen. And I know a lot of people are going to be pissed because, you know, Iron Man's great. And I'm not, I'm not discounting Iron Man. Iron Man was fantastic. Like, it gives me chills just thinking about Iron Man. But uh, for me, like, uh, this, this had all the beats as far as, like, what I wanted, uh, the pacing of the drama between the action. It was just brilliantly paced, I thought. And you had high drama and then you had action. And I also saw, <clears throat> for the first time, you know, I was pretty cold on Chris Evans. Um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast you before. You have, and yeah. I
2: have disagreed with you right. every time.
3: Right, right. And, and for me, I, I, I had faith in the guy, especially later <laughs> on when he starts talking about how passionate he is about the character. And like, like Brian was talking about earlier, how he even had cold feet going into it in the first place, but then kind of came around. Um, I was waiting for that kind of passion to show through. Even in Avengers, I didn't feel it. And, um, you know, I love Captain America, man. I used to I used to wake up early, like when I was a little kid. I used to wake up early just to get my Captain America figure and fucking play with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would get up, like, fucking 6 o'clock in the morning when I was a little kid and just play with my Captain America figure. You know, put him against He-Man or G.I. Joe and all that shit. But So I'm crazy about the character as he is, and I just hadn't seen that from Chris Evans to where I was like, yes, this is Captain America. But in this movie, the maturity is there. He's got his chin up. Like, he's very confident in the role now, and I think that really showed through. Um, But overall, just everything about it for me was well-balanced, and that's what I look for. I, I hate dumb action movies, and that's not what this was. And it had more heart than I think uh, the first Avenger did for me because this was a story um, of friendship and loyalty, like very, very cool uh, concepts to really cover as far as Bucky and Captain America. That's what all of us really took from those two characters. And you don't see that a lot in, in other comics where... You know, you have these two, uh, you know, you have the mentor and the sidekick. These guys were, like, equals. These guys were friends, and that's what's really cool about the two characters. And I think they really fucking showed that in this movie.
2: That's that's very, You made great points, Jay. Really good points. Jake, you made some great points as well. And we're going to talk about some of these glaring pot, uh, plot holes mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, deliberating on what I was going to rate this film. Um and then when Jeff said I gotta give it a Tupperware, I was just like, I gotta listen to Jeff. Right. On. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck You <laughs> know. Uh, guys, I, this movie definitely uh it was the Empire Strikes Back of the Captain America movies, mm-hmm. if you ask me. It's it's much darker, it's much more violent than the first film. Uh there are secrets that are revealed that will shape Steve Rogers as a character, you know, just like Luke Skywalker. Uh, in Empire, where he leaves his train to rescue his friends. And by the end of the movie, when it's revealed that, you know, spoilers for a 24-year-old movie, that Darth Vader is his father, (laughs) uh, he questions Obi-Wan Kenobi for not telling him. Uh, This movie tears apart the fabric of Steve Rogers to the point where he questions himself as being just a soldier and exactly who he is fighting for uh, This movie really makes him realize That the game has changed since the 1940s And it's harder to trust I think this movie will bring him closer to characters Like Falcon, Black Widow And his teammates on the Avengers But going forward, I think uh, We'll see Captain America not being so trusting uh, Just like Fury said Don't trust anyone mm-hmm. um, That being said uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a Tupperware I really liked this movie a lot I I liked it even more after the movie was over and I had time to think about it as a whole Mm -hmm. Um, the action sequences were some of the best I've ever seen in any movie the costumes were fantastic and the casting of some of the newer characters in this movie was a home run um, the villains in this movie were way more fleshed out than the villains in any other of the Marvel movies, yes, except for the Avengers with maybe Loki. But they had some movies before that to kind of flesh his character out right you know you know Iron Man was a great movie, but the villain in that movie, you know uh Jeff Bridges wasn't the best villain, in my opinion. I think the Winter Soldier is a formidable foe, and you felt that in this movie. A very fleshed-out character. And even just some of the, like, the regular low-life thugs, you know, Brock Rumlow, mm-hmm. you know, some of those guys that he encountered. They were great, you know? Uh, so, although there are some things in this movie that did not work for me, um, I was going back and forth on, on my ratings for a while, But in all honesty, this movie had a lot more going for it than against it. Uh, I think the reason I was waffling on my rating for a while was that I did see it in IMAX 3D, which at times, it, it looked great, but at times I don't think that this movie was necessary to be seen in 3D. Although watching Falcon fly in that end battle in uh, 3D was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the best use of 3D throughout the entire movie. Uh, things in this movie that really worked for me um, that I loved, Anthony Mackie as the Falcon. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed how he bonded with Cap in this movie from the get-go. I also loved the dynamic between Cap and Black Widow, yes. as well as the contrast between the two. I really appreciate how the screenwriter uh, Christopher Marcus portrayed that on the screen. This is how he described the contrast. Uh, he says, Black Widow is incredibly modern, not very reverent, and just very straightforward. Whereas Steve is, you know, a man from the '40s. He's not a Boy Scout, but he is reserved and has a moral center. Whereas her moral center moves. She's a character who lies for a living. And guys, we saw that in Avengers yeah. where she tricked fucking Loki. Right. Uh, he then goes on to say um, that she—that's what she does. She lies. She, he's a uh, Captain America. He's a character who tells the truth. Give them a problem, and they'll have different ways of approaching it. Mm -hmm. She's pushing him to modernize, and he's pushing her to add a certain level of integrity to her life. Now, the scene that really stood out to me was when the scene where they're on the roof, and they're holding that guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And he says something to the effect that dropping people, uh, you know, the guy who's being held over the rooftop, he says... He says something about, uh, you know, that isn't Cap's style. Right. And, and Cap says, but it's hers. And then Black Widow, <laughs> Black Widow kicks him off the roof. <laughs> um, the character interactions there really worked for me. And, and some of the funny scenes between Black Widow and Cap and Cap and Falcon, I attribute that solely to the Russo brothers yeah. and, and then their comedy background. What didn't work for me was the emotional scenes, where we had the Bucky Barnes reveal. Uh, it just didn't quite hit me as hard as I'd like it to, and I think that's partially because I knew who the Winter Soldier was going into this. Right, And another being it didn't look convincing enough that it, it, kip, that it hit Cap, as hard either. Uh, it wasn't the punch in the gut moment I was wanting to
1: get. I agree with that. Can I say something to that point? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely jumping ahead a little bit, but I was a little bit insulted by the second post-credit scene where we see Winter Soldier looking at the poster of Bucky, mm-hmm. and felt like that kind of tone and that kind of thing should have been happening during the movie, and not as a second post-credit sequence. And I wanted more Winter Soldier, and I wanted more of like what he thought, and what what he's been through and everything, especially in a movie that's called The Winter Soldier. I agree, but
2: we're looking at something where there were... Elements that were much more big, that, that were bigger than, broader than the relationship between the two characters. If they would have focused too much on the relationship between the two characters, we would have been looking at the last half hour of uh, Return of the King. Yeah, Between I agree. Sam and Frodo. And, and I, I didn't, I wanted more of it. Don't get me wrong. I agree. That, that. That's, I, I wanted more of it. I think if the Russo brothers... They just weren't as impactful. I think maybe a director like Mark Webb, who gets relationships, would have been able to do those scenes in limited space a little bit better. Where the Russo brothers, they really hit with the comedy, but the emotional shit, they yeah. just weren't really. You know what I mean? And
1: can I kind of put an asterisk to that? I, you know, if Captain America three is all about that Captain America and Bucky and yeah. what, then it kind of changes my opinion a little bit of the whole thing,
2: right? Right. You know, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, it wasn't enough for me to give this movie just a taste it, though. It was a taste it for me at certain parts, but overall, this was definitely a Tupperware after I got to thinking about it more and more. Um, I think uh, the problem with that is is it's a mix of Chris Evans not conveying it to me as a viewer emotionally, Uh, the musical score, too, uh, and then the Russo brothers. Uh, I think it felt a little rushed, and everything uh, with everything else that was going on in this movie, uh, we kind of hit on that. But uh, another thing I didn't—I'm going to get into the things I didn't like here real quick, and then we're gonna then we're gonna talk about this movie. Um, another thing I didn't like was the third-generation helicarriers that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, were developed. Um, real quick. I see it as a short-term threat because it's scary that okay. First off, it's scary that the technology is available, right? But when it comes down to it, all you really need to do to take it down is a fucking Hulk, yeah, or yeah. Thor,
1: well, I, I, or <laughs> Thor. Yeah. I, I la- as soon as the bad guys revealed that they were using helicopters, <laughs> I was like, no, no, guys, these these never stay up in the air. I immediately thought of Brian. <laughs> don't don't use these, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about that was a, kind of glaring for me was, uh, let's talk about Cap's shield. Okay. Um, Cap shield, it can, apparently it can withstand a blow from Thor's hammer, but it wasn't able to hold its own against Batroc's kick. <laughs> his so, French kick. His French kick. So. <laughs>
1: Batroc's leaper.
2: Yes. You can say that Cap didn't have his footing, but again, I'm just going to reiterate that whether he had his footing or not, There's a huge difference between George St. Pierre's kicks and Thor's Hammer. Yes. Okay? All right. Okay, back to things I liked. Okay. I really, I really liked the the use of practical effects over CGI. Not saying Mm -hmm. that there was not CGI, but um, you know, especially in the car chase scenes and stunts, Mm. uh, this movie had one of the coolest car chase scenes involving Nick Fury I've ever seen since Robert De Niro in Ronin and since the Blues brothers. Uh, Anthony Mackie looked great as the Falcon. Uh, I wish they would have shown Cap getting him the Falcon suit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. And I hope that that's a deleted scene when the Blu-ray is released. Um, I think some of the setup from the beginning was a little slow and clunky. But later, once they finally got into Nick Fury's hidden underground base uh, and had a talk about what was really going on, I think the weight of the danger really started to hit me and I started to really enjoy this film from that point on. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. Uh, that is why the things that didn't work for me did, uh, the the things that did not work for me, uh, did not outweigh the things that did in this film. So I give it a Tupperware based on that.
3: Cool. Those are great
2: points as well. And I, yeah, I agree with a lot
3: of those. Um, and I, you know, I think we're going to cover this, but, uh, you know, I think there's some plot holes that are going to be fixed. Like, I think a lot of these things that you guys might have had problems with, I also have problems with the same kind of things. But I have a feeling that in the next one, they might make up for it a little bit more and explore a little bit more of these relationships like Bucky and, and Cap. And, you know, once Winter Soldier, you know, we... You know, well, I don't want to give that away right yet, but... I think they're going to explore a lot more of this in the next one, so I kind of have faith in that.
2: We're going to talk about the future of the Marvel Universe after yeah. after yeah. this.
1: Can I? Can I? What did you guys think about Robert Redford, real quick? I, he was one of the biggest problems with me for this movie. I really felt like he was there just for his grandkids, and mm. I was really excited for him, and I thought he was going to bring a lot of gravitas to the movie, but he really did quite the opposite for me.
2: Honestly, I think if you would have had somebody in there of a lesser caliber actor, I think it wouldn't have had the weight that it did in this film. Right. I think he did bring something of uh, validation to this film, honestly, with what he did um, in the film. I mean, let's say, say they just got some regular character actor to come in there. You know, like, uh, who did they just cast as uh, Alfred in the Irons? Is it Jeremy Irons? Jeremy Irons, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he's a great actor, but he is just a character actor. I right. mean, that's the difference between Marvel and DC. I mean, DC's getting these character a- actors for these smaller roles, whereas Marvel got Robert Redford. I right. mean, I think if they would have just thrown in just a regular character actor, a guy that you would have looked at and said, Oh, I recognize him from something. I don't know his name, but I've seen him in quite a few things. I don't think it would have had quite the impact. Uh, I, th- I I liked him,
1: but... uh I don't think he phoned it in. Do you think he phoned it in? I I hated Robert Redford in this movie. Really? Yeah. It it just seemed like he was there. He was so blasé to me. Okay.
2: As a good palate cleanser, I want you to watch that new movie that he was in where he was lost at sea.
1: Okay, And then you'll really
2: appreciate it His <laughs> yeah.
1: performance in this One of my favorite parts of this movie was actually Gary Shanley's little cameo <laughs> yeah, And getting to hear him say hey Well he's Hell back, Hydra. he's
2: back from Iron Man 2 yeah, right. yeah. He played Senator uh, Stern in Iron Man 2 right. Which I thought was a cool tie-in to, to the past, I really liked that
1: Yeah, spoiler, his, his reveal of being A Hydra agent was <laughs> fan, fantastic One of my favorite parts Hell of Hell Hydra, Hydra. Yeah. That <laughs> was kind of weird yeah. yeah, I loved it
3: I, I want to comment on Robert Redford before before we move on. I thought he was fucking fantastic. Um, I love Robert Redford. I, I mean, I've always liked his stuff ever since Butch, Sunda- Butch and the Sundance Kid. You know, I've loved him since then. I think he's a great actor. I think in this, he was very solemn but serious. I took him seriously as a villain, as a mastermind. Like, he, his character was written so well, and I think he really pulled that off. And I mean, the whole time, I'm thinking this dude's a red skull, too. That was another. Kind of thing. I, I was like, this dude's going to take off his face. He's a red skull. But that's how evil I felt his character was. And he was just a senator. He, or, you know, whatever, not a senator, but, you know, his character in the comic books was a very minor. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of was there, here and there, helping Cap out. Um, and younger too in the comic books. But, you know, besides the point, I felt like, I took him seriously as a villain, just as I would, you know, anyone else in like the Batman movies or any any other villain I've seen before. And I think he pulled it off
2: really well. Yeah, it's kind of like we're uh, going back to DC. I mean, you know, getting Gary Oldman to be, yeah, you know, right, uh, yeah, uh, Commissioner Gordon. I mean, it's the same kind of level. There's I mean, there's
3: no difference for me in the caliber of acting between him and Gary Oldman. I think it's the
2: same. It's great because Marvel's finally getting the validation from these upper echelon. Yeah. Actors. I mean, we're getting Glenn Close in Guardians of the Galaxy, guys. Yeah, it's
1: unbelievable. She's gonna be.
2: Isn't she gonna be part of the Nova? She's Corps? She's part of the Nova
1: Corps, yeah. Yeah.
2: So I mean, this is this is cool that Marvel is like bringing in these top tier actors. Whether you like the performance or not, that that's gotta like uh, that's gotta like warm your heart. That wow, you know, geeks are finally getting some fucking love here.
3: Yeah. Well, he he wanted the role. I mean, he he sought it out. Yeah. Which is another cool part of it. And how closely it ties to one of his, you know, he he had a movie called, uh, what was it, Flight of the Condor or something like that in 75. And um, uh, they, they even said they kind of borrowed some elements from that that inspired his character. But, you know, it's called Flight of the Condor and you've got Falcon and Captain America. So there's some similarities between that. And I think he he pulled off that kind of, you know, that spiral that you'd expect to see in like a James Bond movie or something like that. To me, he was that perfect you know solemn villain that was just gonna destroy the fucking world that was his goal you know to take over the world and I think uh I I don't know
2: I I love that well there's certain character actors like that they bring into these movies and you've seen them in other movies and you've seen them as bad guys solely right right and so you're like oh okay they brought this guy in he's gonna be a bad guy You bring Robert Redford in, you don't know what you're going to get from him. So I think that kind of added another level to this movie that I thought was pretty fucking cool. Because you don't know what you're going to get with Pierce. You know Alexander Pierce in this movie, so I like that. True. Um, Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon, he described this film as Avengers Part One Point Five. Um, I mean, I guess all of the solo films after Avengers, like Iron Man Three, uh, Thor Two, would be considered follow up films to the Avengers. Uh, so this is just more of the same, in my opinion. I didn't feel any more uh, that it was
1: any more of a direct sequel to Avengers than you know Thor: The Dark World to me. Or or maybe even Iron Man. Yeah, I guess just that it had so much to do with what the status of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be in Avengers 2. Because so- we
2: haven't seen anything from S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yeah. really yeah. since then. Yeah, yeah. Since, since Avengers. That's really, I think, the big thing that makes it the Avengers 1.5. Because okay. that will carry over to Avengers well, 2. Well,
3: didn't you guys almost feel like it was almost like Secret Avengers?
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
3: Like, it was kind of almost another Avengers story, but it was that group, you know, minus Hawkeye or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree with that. I almost thought they were going that route where Nick Fury was going to have his butterfly agents. Yeah,
3: it it was the best ensemble piece since the Avengers, as far as those characters are concerned. You know, those characters interacting in a movie. It was the biggest one since Avengers with the most characters coming back. So, yeah. Still no Hawkeye. No Hawkeye. He would have been great, you know, in that movie, but... I'm glad they explored the characters that they did, at least.
2: Oh, I am too. And it was nice to see uh, Black Widow again.
1: Yes. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can we talk about Falcon? Do you have any flowchart for how we're going to do do all this yeah i mean i think we're gonna break down each scene
2: and uh th- that we can i mean some of the, like towards the end i was taking notes at the beginning but towards the end i just got kind of wrapped up in in everything and so i didn't take as many notes as possible
1: right. but did you want to say some things about falcon well we, we can get to it when we get to it if you want to start yeah I, I have,
2: we'll definitely talk about some uh some some falcon points here
1: um, if we are starting at the beginning, though, know, that opening action sequence was amazing. I, I don't know about you guys, but I got a real big Metal Gear vibe from it, with Cap sneaking around and taking everyone out without being heard and everything on the, b- it, the on boat. the boat.
2: Well, let's let's start actually uh, even let's go back a little bit farther than that. I, I do want to talk about that, but can we can we break for? Sure? Yeah,
1: let's take a little break here, real quick.
2: All right, we'll be right back. Break it up. Sorry, I didn't.
3: mean
0: We're back.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> That's even more appropriate now. I think.
2: <laughs> after, after we, after you like totally like took away our Tupperware party. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm the fucking jerk off. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I, you know what anytime you like give like a movie
2: the rest of us Tupperware I'm just gonna have an audio clip that says Jake sucks
1: <laughs> play what did you what did you guys think I was gonna come in and Tupperware this movie you... I, I had no idea what anybody was gonna give yeah. me yeah me too I thought the way you were talking before you said your thing I thought yeah. you were gonna toss it I, I was like oh my no, god
2: it's definitely not a toss it I mean <laughs> I was really waffling between the two ratings and as of if you would have talked to me after I left the theater, it would have been a taste. It. Yeah. As I
1: kept thinking about it and putting everything together, this movie is so worthy of a second viewing. Yeah, I want to. It's been up and down. There was a point Saturday where it was a Tupperware for me, right. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. And it literally, up until the last moment, I was waffling between the two. I want to yeah. see it again, too.
2: Yeah, it's one of those movies, I thought to myself, if I want to see it again, there, there's much more... There are plot though. I'm, there are things that did not work in this film, but I think the good outweighs the bad.
1: It was so hard. I, I, I made it... I gave it the 1 to 10, like I said, and when I gave it a 7, I, I don't think a 7 is a Tupperware.
2: Will you guys agree with me, though, uh, that, um, and I think Jay will, but Jake, um, will you agree with me that
1: this is the best sequel of a Marvel solo film that you've seen? <laughs> Iron Man 2? It's better than Iron Man 2, but I don't know that it's better than Thor 2 for me.
2: Uh, I mean, I Tupperware yeah.
1: Thor 2. Uh, I mean, Loki alone, yes, Awesome. But yeah.
2: there, there are some things in Thor two, like uh what was the villain? The uh, what was his name? The the, the one curse? No, this, it was. I keep thinking Scourge.
1: Curse. 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 Yeah, curse. yeah the Doctor Who
2: yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, and I mean the costume looked bad, and I mean it, he gave him more of a run for his money than the Hulk did, and yeah. certain things like that didn't sit well with me. But I, you know, I mean, as far as like the villains flushing him out, new villains. Fleshing them out, I think this this movie did a great
1: job. It's my fourth favorite Marvel movie is where I rank it. I'm going Avengers, Iron Man, Thor 2, Cap 2. Okay. All right.
2: Um... All right, let's talk about the movie. Uh, we'll break down some scenes, you know, things that we liked and some of the things that maybe didn't work for us. Uh, you know, at the beginning we see Captain America. There's the the running scene, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Loved it. You know, you watch Captain America running, and it's funny, and he's passing these guys up as he's running, and you and is he running around? Is that the Washington Monument with the pond? Yes, yes. There, and and he's you know on your left. Yeah. I love that.
1: I yeah. thought that was great. I, I, I have some beef with this scene. I, this is one of my problems with the movie, was I, I wish Falcon was introduced better. It really felt like he was just shoehorned in there. They're, they meet random jogging, and then the next thing you know, they're fucking taken on S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this corrupt government and everything together. It just seemed like the introduction could have been served better. Like I loved Falcon, and I loved the character, and the de- the costume design was amazing. But his introduction into the marvel movie universe felt so shoehorned to me and it really bothered me
2: maybe that goes back to like what i was saying and certain you know emotional relationships that are formed in this movie like i think mark webb does a great job like i said earlier
1: yeah and you're right, it, doing
2: that it was funny <clears throat> yeah it was funny it was funny but yeah no i i agree um i, I don't know why cap was drawn to him i don't
1: yeah, it, it felt it. very weird. It was like, hey, come help me pick up chicks at my job if you ever get a chance.
2: They did throw the scene you. in there though yeah. where um he, you know, he did see him in that kind of like that group that was meeting and talking about maybe like, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder that they've had right. after the war and things like that. He did see that, but you know, what even got him to that point to be intrigued to see him do that? Yeah, I get it, Jake.
1: I felt like there was maybe even deleted scenes. True. True. Where we missed some of the, how these two became so, as close as they did, you know? Right. Right. I mean, but they, in the comic book, to be fair, they, they are best friends. And
2: yep. they, they did hit it off very well. Um you know, we are, I, I don't know. I mean, it, that didn't work for me as well. But, okay. uh, but the humor did. I, I, I did, I did get it. The humor kick out. did
1: too. And I agree that he was great. Like the actor was great. I wasn't like, oh, this, this guy really sucks, you know? Falcon right. blows. I just, I just wish it. Captain America and Falcon is like an institution and I wish they could have made us feel that a little bit more.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier with like, you know, uh, him and, uh, you know, the winter soldier, that first interaction too. And and I didn't feel the impact as well. So yeah, I mean, there, there are some hits and some misses in this film.
3: I I just feel like this is another case of that stuff's coming down the road that that relationship's going to build later on here. And, and I didn't need, I didn't need a long drawn out explanation. Um, I'm not, I'm not, like, super familiar with, with Falcon. Um, he's an important character, don't get me wrong. Uh, but as far as his past and his history, you know, this is totally different from the comic books anyway to begin with. So knowing that, that didn't bother me. And then just kind of jumping into it, I just felt like that would have screwed up the pacing to introduce this long, drawn out about, you know, who Falcon is, you know, as a person and what draws Cap to him. Um, they showed a bond, I think, just early on. And yeah, it kind of fell flat. I agree with you guys on that. But I don't know. I didn't need more explanation personally.
2: To- well, you know, maybe, hey, like, okay, so, you know, he, he runs past, uh, you know, uh, Sam Wilson. And Sam Wilson says, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> and he says, on your left. And so maybe Cap, maybe that, that, that one thing that he said, that one thing that Sam said to Cap kind of made Cap think, like, you know, Oh, okay, this guy actually said something to me. And then Cap sees him sitting under the tree. Right. And, you know this guy's not walking away from him he's sitting under a tree maybe this is a good time to just approach him he you know what I mean Cap really hasn't met anybody outside of the Avengers and, and things like that so maybe he felt like like this was a good time to maybe just come up
1: and talk to somebody very right. true and and to be and Jay makes Jay makes some very good points to be fair I couldn't even tell you how Cap and Falcon met in the comic universe to begin with right Yeah. so that, what, what that, the fuck
2: yeah, <laughs> that probably happened back in the 60s yeah so. it did yeah. well I, yeah. I think what was cool
3: and I think they stressed this point like when the uh, you know, when Black Widow's asking Cap, hey, why don't you ask this girl out? She obviously, you know, wants to go out with you. He, he, You know, the whole point was that she would ask is why he didn't ask her out, that she would want to. Right, yeah. And I think that's the same kind of thing that was echoed with, you know, Falcon is that, you know, the way he behaved towards him was enough for him to approach him. Is right.
1: The, is, the, is the Falcon scene the same scene we see Cap's bucket list?
2: Yeah, well, no, no, Yeah, yeah, okay. there's to-do list. To-do list. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me go over that real quick. Uh, this is where uh, Cap tells Sam Wilson that he's been trying to catch up with the Times and that he's been using the Internet. Uh, then Sam says that he needs to listen to a Marvin Gaye album from 1972 uh, called Trouble Man. Uh, so Cap pulls out a to-do list, and he adds Trouble Man to the list at the very bottom. Now, this list, it includes – there's different things on this list – Uh, It says, Marathoning I Love Lucy, (laughs) The Moon Landing, Berlin Wall, Going Up and Down, (laughs) Steve Jobs, Disco, Thai Food, Star Wars and Star Trek, (laughs) Nirvana... Rocky and Rocky Two. <laughs> now, that's the list in the U.S. version.
1: I was getting ready to bring that
2: up, too, uh, how they did different yeah. lists. Very interesting. Over in the U.K., they got a different list altogether. Instead of marathoning I Love Lucy, they have Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of disco, it's the Beatles. Uh, instead of Steve Jobs, it's uh, Sean Connery. And they added the 1966 World Cup mm-hmm. final to the list. Yeah. Uh, in Australia, <laughs> they have ACDC. <laughs> Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. That that one made me crack up. And Steve Irwin. Yes, yes, got to. Uh, while uh, Korea Korea got, Ji uh, G Sung Park, Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> and uh, the movie Old Boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, French viewers see the 1998 World Cup and
1: the Fifth Element. <laughs> Good luck on getting all those lists. I thought that was very fascinating that yeah, they did that for all the nationalities. I agree.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Cap is guys. He's clearly trying to adjust to be, you know, to being the man out of time. Uh, according to Chris Evans, Steve Rogers continues his adjustment to the modern world, which began in the Avengers in 2012. Uh, he says it's not so much about his shock with technology; it's more about the societal differences. He's gone from the 1940s to today. Uh, he comes from a world where people were a little more trusting. The threat's not as deep. Now it's harder to tell who's right and wrong. Actions you take to protect people from threats could compromise liberties and privacy. That's tough for Steve to swallow. So I, I think I think Chris Evans himself has a good you know grasp on the character. I
1: agree with that.
3: Well, and the story. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very relevant story to what's going on today with our own government, what we're seeing in kind of, you know... Uh, being an offensive, you know, we're having offensive wars a lot instead of defensive. And, you know, who's good is this really looking out for? And Steve's kind of questioning that coming from, you know, the old school. You know, we went into Germany because of Hitler. You yeah. Know, just clean cut. We didn't have to question it. There's right and wrong. There's right and wrong. And it seemed like, you know, even when we look on our prior generations that we know personally, you know, it seemed like that was more... Awa- they were more aware of what that was, or at least they had a clear-cut
2: version of The what waters that was. are a little bit more muddy today. And,
3: and even Steve said, even Chris Evans, as Steve Rogers says, like, I don't know what is right and wrong anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm even doing the right thing, if I'm on the right team. And I think you see that in other characters through this whole movie. I thing. see it on this podcast.
2: I don't know if Jake is meant for this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I still question having this
1: motherfucker This conversation also reminds me of, like, what Nick, Nick Fury was saying to Captain America about, you know, there's things were bad in your time, too. There were evil things being done back then, too. Exactly.
3: And they tried to make that clear that yeah. even though we see that in like history, we think that about it. There was evil shit going on all the
1: time. Yeah, it's it's romanticized, right? But th- there was still bad things going down there,
3: and you too. see that in Black Widow's character and yeah. her re- you know evolution. Well, the
1: media has a lot to do
2: with everything today. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. you know, the media covered up a lot of things back then that we didn't know about. True, and uh, the media today is a little takes more liberties to tell us, you know. You know, things that maybe we shouldn't
1: know. Yeah. But, and they try to instill fear in us, too. So. Well, I mean, think about the things that in the Marvel Universe that Arnim Zola was doing back in his heyday. I'm sure they weren't very pretty. Oh, oh yeah. my
2: God. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of the testing that they did back then. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so the movie, it cuts to shi- a S.H.I.E.L.D. jet. It's flying over the Indian Ocean where their mission is to take back a S.H.I.E.L.D. ship that was hijacked by pirates uh led by uh Batrock the Leaper. Mm -hmm. Uh what's interesting is that in the last Marvel Agents of Shield episode, uh Jasper Sitwell is called away to an incident at sea where he look where he says, Looks like I have a boat to catch. Ah. Which then ties into the ship that Batrock hijacked at the beginning of the movie. Right. Uh Agent Sitwell is sent by Alexander Pierce on a Shield ship to retrieve Arnim Zola's code from the computers on board, uh, this was that this was that algorithm that we learn about later. Right um, now, we learn we later learned that uh, one of the hostages on the ship uh, is Jasper
1: Sitwell. So that ties directly into the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Right. That's interesting. Can I ask you a question? It didn't
2: seem forced either.
1: The way no, they did it, they I did agree. a good job. Do you think, are there still S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes left of this season? I believe so. There has to be fallout from the yeah. Cap movie on there, the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV yeah, show. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I think the next episode deals with Cap.
2: I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I, I, I I stopped watching it kind of like after the uh, mid-season Right. Thing and I catch it here and there a little bit and read up on it, but it's not something that I feel like I have to watch week to week. Unfortunately, yeah, me neither. I was going
1: to binge watch it at some point. Yeah,
2: well,
3: what they're saying and I think it's kind of cool and it might revitalize interest in the series is that um, you know they are impacted by this movie to where they used to be this you know they had all the resources of a huge organization like Shield, but now Shields basically dissolved, and so now they're going to. What do we got to work with, and kind of being more innovative in how they work because they don't have all these resources that they used to have.
2: Well, yeah, and Jasper Sitwell's been a guy on the Shield show, and right. he's not going to be returning. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, you know, they, and they've tied this t- tied this into Thor. I watched that yeah. episode. Yeah. I don't think they did a great job with it, but now, the, but they but they did have the Jamie Alexander appearance and things like that right. as, right. as Very cool. Lady Sif So. Um, I loved the fact that there wasn't a shortage of clips uh, on this scene where uh, of the, the the ship where Cap is throwing his shield. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I love watching his shield just bounce off everything, whether it be villains, whether it be the walls, whether it doesn't matter. That's I, I. we saw that a little bit in Avengers, right?
1: But I, I love seeing a lot more of that in this movie. It was done so much better this time than the last time round too. Right. It was so much more dynamic with. This. Before this, honestly, I think the best time, best
2: uh, Cap Shield throw is in a video game. Yeah. Right? yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure, I think they really did a good job with it on this film.
3: Site. They showed how badass he is in his fighting prowess, and it was a lot like watching Batman and Dark Knight go into that building, you know, skydiving into the skyscraper. And take over that whole floor. That's exactly what it felt like. I was like,
1: holy shit, man. Yeah, you guys make a great point. I really think by Avengers 2, because of this movie, he's going to feel a lot less like a fish out of water. Right,
3: right. He he looked like he could hold his own. He was sure of himself as a fighter. Like, he didn't hesitate to just ram through that whole squad of fucking guys. What did
2: you guys think? I want to know what you guys thought about the, the new Cap costume. Uh, it, it takes cues from the super soldier outfit that he wore when he served as director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. Yeah. And did you guys like the new costume that he wore at ah, the beginning?
1: I loved it. I, I've always loved that design. That was actually designed by Marco Divergiac, that costume in the comics and in the movies. And I, I really like it a lot. It's a
2: beautiful costume. It's a it beautiful really costume. Yeah. Uh, I know that he does have a different costume in the Avengers. It's tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this was this was really nice to see. I really liked it a lot. Uh, Jay, you liked it as well. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I think this to me represented the best version of his costumes we've seen yet, and it really fit him well. You know, as opposed to some of the other ones where, you know, it just kind of looked generic to me, or I, I don't know, not as worn in. Like this is his suit. You know, this is what he.
1: I agree. Wears, Jay. You know? It was never distracting, and that's like the biggest compliment. Yeah, it wasn't distracting
2: it. at all. It's like, yeah, that's what he fucking looks like. You know what I mean? Um, back to the, the the ship, the scene with the pirates. Uh, this is a part of the movie I really enjoyed. Yeah, uh, it starts out with uh, that scene where Cap he jumps out of the jet not wearing a parachute. We also got some really cool, funny interactions, like you said earlier, with you know Black Widow uh, talking about you know why don't you ask this girl out, blah blah yeah. blah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you know Cap jumps out the the uh, the the jet without a parachute. Yeah, and. Uh, Somebody says, uh, was it was it Brock Rumlow? That said, I think
1: it might have been, yeah. Yeah,
2: he says something like, uh, did he just jump out without a parachute? And Black Widow says, yeah, he does that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Classic Cap. <laughs> this,
2: this scene actually pays homage to a similar scene from the first issue of the Ultimates mm-hmm. comic, mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really cool that they did that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when, when they show this S.H.I.E.L.D. team going into this hijacked ship, I love the action here. Uh, what did you guys think about this entire scene? On the ship,
1: yeah, I thought it was one of the best action set pieces of the movie it was yeah. it was great
3: phenomenal when he when he gets out of the water and like gets first gets on the ship and you see that big chain and they have kind of like a lower perspective shot of him getting on the ship that was also like really comic booky and iconic and that that alone like he knocks that guy out and then it just fucking goes on from there yeah you could out.
2: see that like in a panel yeah huh. totally
3: totally well done that the cinematography was fantastic but that scene alone i was like oh shit this is going to be awesome
2: guys i love the scene uh with black widow when she used that guys Entire head and body as an anchor. Yeah. <laughs> when she wraps the wire around his neck and then she ziplines down that like stairwell. Right. And uh, starts shooting downward at the other villains. I-, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I thought that was so cool that she actually used that guy as a fucking anchor. <laughs>
3: There, there's only so many ways you can do like these gunfights and shit, and that whole scene with her like descending down, and then and then she's got those two guys that are dead, and she like shoots around them, like looks at the guys from the side and just shoots down at him, kills him. That was badass. That was so nice. And and you don't like I usually get that's why I don't like action movies so much. You get bored with the scenes like that, but
1: right, not yeah. at
3: all with that. You
1: know. Yeah, definitely. It- <laughs> It quickly wiped away my fears that sitcom directors wouldn't be able to direct dynamic action sequences. Yeah, I for mean sure. it was. I mean, that,
2: yeah, that's a good thing. I think they wanted to make a strong statement from the get go. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, if it, maybe that was the route to go, maybe that's why it isn't the same old cookie cutter action, and your eyes just don't glaze over at it. That they they right. really had a different outlook about how to do it and everything. That and, I, and
3: that's what I would compare to the Avengers. That had this had the best action next to Avengers than any of anything I've seen before.
2: Oh, yeah. So, well, and I mean, of course, like we talked about earlier, the villains in this were yeah, even villains. fleshed out more than like, you know, like Chitari. I mean, we just got... You really didn't. Can you point out like a certain Chitari that did anything amazing in that
1: movie? No, they they were just numbers,
2: right? But if I could say, you know, what did Brock Rumlow do, and like what did like those Russian guys do in the elevator scene later on? You could easily tell me the villains were fleshed out very well in this film.
4: Fuck yeah, <laughs>
1: um, Jake. Are you ready to change that rating yet? <laughs> I need to see it a second time. It's, it's definitely. I'm definitely planning to see it a second time. <laughs> Um,
2: the, the fight scene, let's talk about the fight scene that he had with, uh, Batroc, the Leaper. Yeah. Um, I think it was beautifully choreographed and I think that George St. Pierre for like whatever, uh, he's not a great actor. He's known for a fighter, (laughs) but I think for whatever he lacks in his acting abilities, he certainly made up for, uh, with his fighting ability in this film, some beautiful kicks and you really believe that this guy, you're not thinking that he's going to take down Captain America. But you feel like this guy can actually cause some harm to him in the process, and I thought it was a beautifully choreographed
1: choreographed uh, scene. I agree, very much like casting like Ray Park in a movie. You're not casting him to get a performance; right. you, you want that dynamic choreography and yeah. good looking fight. It was,
2: yeah, it was like a fighting scene that you were watching. Like it was very short, but it was like a fighting scene that you were watching, like in the movie The Raid, where right. they're just like kicking the shit yeah, out of right. each other.
1: I thought Cap outleaped the leaper. I really loved that. You know, I love the scene where he jumped and throws his shield and is catching yeah. catching the shield in mid jump, so he can strike him again with it, yeah. and just really dynamic action sequence. And then the
2: uh, Batroc, he actually calls him out and says, "Hey, you know, let's drop, yeah. drop the shield, man. Let's mano a mano." And it's like those two. Cap was like, "Fuck, I'm down." Takes off the, <laughs> takes off the helmet, dude, and then. Well, then from there on, it's
1: it's it's just a cap
2: battle, man.
1: Yeah, what a gentleman cap is in that fight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you knew he was going to lose, and that's what's cool about it, is you were still you were still enthralled by the chore- choreography. And I think I think George St Pierre probably did. All that, Can know. we
2: say that Caps learned a few moves since you know the first yeah. Avenger and the Avenger movie? Yeah, definitely. You, you <laughs> could tell
3: he's taken on an, an alien race at that point. Even with Bucky, right? He was just like, dude. I He's can, been training. Yeah, I can take you, man. And
2: that dude. flip kick that he had, that downward flip kick on top of Batroc's head that knocked him out. Yes. That was fucking that was awesome. amazing. Just
3: real quick out of nowhere. <laughs> Fuck you, dude.
2: And it took him into the next room, which leads us to the Black Widow scene. And we see Black Widow, uh, there. What she's doing is, uh, she is accessing the ship's computers. Yeah. Yes. At that point, and she finds out, and that's where Kat finds out about her side mission. This is where Cap starts questioning some things that are going on at Shield. He thinks that like, you know, like he's like in the know, and she's ret- re- she's trying to retrieve data that actually Sitwell, Jasper Sitwell, was sent there to get. Right. Jasper Sitwell was sent by Alexander Pierce to get this data for uh, Arnim Zola's code, his algorithm, and she's there getting it. She's getting the jump on uh, Sitwell and getting this information. Um, so Cap is pissed at, a little pissed at Black Widow, and he's also starting to be pissed at uh, Nick Fury at this point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One thing I really liked about the scene is I like all the little pokes at uh, Cap's pop culture knowledge, and I, I like the little war games drop in this scene.
2: Was, no, yeah. no, no, was no, that no, later? That was on? Uh, the Arnim Zola, uh, oh. Arnhem Zola scene later on. That was later on. That, with that Black was Widow. great too. Yeah, yeah. that oh. was very funny. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fast forward.
1: Uh, Fast forwarding movie, sir.
2: Okay, so now we get our first look at Triskelion in the film. Um, and yes. then this is where Nick Fury uh, and Cap, they get into an argument about Black Widow's side mission. Right. So, you know, Cap's already starting to, you know, realize that there's some things going on that he doesn't have knowledge about, he doesn't have clearance about. I mean, they, he even takes him into that elevator and, uh, you know... Cap is not uh, authorized and uh, Fury overrides that and gives them authorization to go down there. Right. So, you know, Cap's already the wheels are starting to turn. This is totally different from the cap that we saw in the first movie that was kept questioning Tony Stark and Bruce Banner about, you know, what Shield's trying to do and what their motive is. Uh, Cap is starting to put the pieces together and I think that those interactions between him and Bruce Banner and Tony Stark are starting to come into play here and he's starting to think like, you know, there's some fucked up shit going on in SHIELD. Whether, you know, he thinks he knows these people or not. Who who can you trust? Right. This yeah. movie's about
1: trust, if you ask me. It definitely is about trust.
3: That wasn't a mistake either. I think they set that up in Avengers with Loki trying to manipulate the team against each other. I think you're gonna see more of that and they're yeah. kind of I think all these movies will be more connected than we realize in the themes and stuff like that, and I think this is going to be one of them, trust, loyalty. Who can you trust that's going to carry over into Avengers, and and we may see a Civil War type situation.
2: Who's the mastermind that's connecting all these movies? Exactly. Is it, is it Josh Whedon? Is it, is it Kevin Feige? I, I mean, think
1: it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think Whedon has his hand in a lot of it, though. Yeah. Especially since we know he's directing the last like three movies, post credit sequences, yeah, and probably yeah. continue to. But do then that. again,
3: Feige has his hand in everything. I mean, he's you know he's he's doing little things with Guardians of the Galaxy, just little nitpicky things right. that he wants to change. Yeah. And James Gunn's like, I didn't think it was a big deal, but he's right, you know. So maybe he is. You know?
1: and that, I do think it's a combination of the both because right. Feige is not a writer at heart, though. He's just he an needs ideas, he needs man. an executor, and I think that's where that's where true. Whedon comes in.
2: Yeah. Now, okay, so Nick Fury, he gives Cap clearance to see the uh, Project Insight. Uh, This goes, uh, this is where we talk about these three third generation carriers. Uh Uh oh. It is interesting, though. I mean, uh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, Cerebro in a way. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. on, a, on a more offensive level. Uh You know, these helicarriers, they're satellite-linked, and they can read a terrorist's DNA. Yeah. And I think they said something about uh, how many rounds they can fire off from a c- certain distance and, and things like that. Now, these things are armed to the T. They look very dangerous. Um, this is when Cap gives Fury the speech about this isn't freedom, this is fear. Right.
1: Some big-time Big Brother shit going on in the Marvel yeah. Universe right. right here. Yeah, right.
2: So, I, I mean, I guess I can see the threat of the technology. I just can't see, like like I said earlier, I can't see this technology lasting, honestly. I mean, right. you throw Hulk at one of those fucking things, he'll destroy it in a second.
3: Well, plus the fact you know about the Hurry and, you know, like, what's that going to do against something like that, some kind of threat like that, but... You know, yeah, they targeted Avengers Tower. If you know that was kind of an Easter egg, but I think everyone yeah. saw, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, when the algorithm went out, right? Uh, but yeah, it just didn't feel like. To, but to me, this is going to tie into what Ultron is, and I think when you know we read those early rumors that Tony Stark says we all created Ultron.
2: Right. I think we're going to connect the dots through each and every movie. It was Joss Whedon that said that they all created, okay, hand and created. Okay,
3: so I think he knows that all these movies are going to have little bits and pieces that all connect to why Ultron was created. Not just the Avengers creating it, but the world as a whole. We created Ultron, okay. everybody, and I think yeah. we're going to see that. And I think that's why they introduced this because, yeah, I saw that and I was like, who gives
2: a shit? Before I forget, <laughs> before I forget. Later on, do you remember when they actually, like, started to look at some of the – target, like, some of the people? Like, oh, the, yeah, great yeah.
1: Easter egg here.
2: Did yeah. you see um, what? what – I'm, I'm going to talk about that later. Uh-huh. But did you see, like, on the lower right hand of the screen where it showed a list of names? I didn't see that. I saw one name. I didn't get to catch the last name. But at the first name, it said Lieutenant William.
1: Could it have been Stryker? Could they
2: have thrown Stryker, an X-Men reference in this?
1: It could be. Maybe it's Steve Williams, though. Yeah. Maybe it's a Wonder Man reference.
2: Yeah. I I, want to see that. I want to see somebody take a picture of that. And So I can see all the names that were listed on there
3: God, I was trying to read it It went so quickly, it, yeah.
2: the, all I saw was Lieutenant William, and I was like, did they actually Have the balls to throw in a Fox Character, Right, William Stryker In there, I don't know If, uh, if somebody knows, I'd love to know now, We get the next scene, it's the Cap Smithsonian uh, scene Where Cap right. goes through the Smithsonian And he goes through the uh, Captain America exhibit um, And we, we see Like the uh, Howling Commandos Exhibit um, that was very cool. That was cool, guys. I think that this would be either a great movie, Captain America and the Howling Commandos, or just like one of those like Marvel shorts. If they did like a Marvel short of Captain yeah. America and the Howling Commandos, I could also see them doing a lot with the Smithsonian scene in the extras on the Blu-ray. Right. Like maybe a whole section of the extras will be a tour through the Smithsonian, where you uh, get to look at different exhibits and watch different videos. Uh it would be nice to see like footage of Cap with the howling commandos. Uh you know, that'd be something for Marvel Studios to think about. Like a whole like you could just click on a link, go through the Smithsonian and just kind of like walk through it as a viewer and click on different things within that exhibit and it'll give you descriptions. If you click on like play, you can see different videos and things like that. That would be an awesome Blu-ray extra. Oh yeah. yeah. Marvel Studios needs to do something like that for this movie.
3: Oh, I love that scene. I love the set piece. I thought that was a really good addition. And it kind of harkened back to, it reminded me of like the first Avenger when um when him and Bucky Barnes are actually like, you know, in that kind of recruiting area. And I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of that visually. Like it took you back to that instance when he first became Captain America. And I thought that was a really cool way to kind of harken back to where he began and where... Him and Bucky's relationship began.
2: Yeah, very cool. It was really cool. I, I liked it the way they did it. It made it look like it was a legitimate ex- exhibit. Yeah, you for know. sure. Yeah.
3: And when the kids saw him and he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was that was <laughs> funny.
2: I yeah. liked it. I liked yeah. It. Um, now we go to the next scene uh, where, and I thought this scene would have a lot more weight to it than it did. <laughs> Um, it just didn't really hit me as much as it as I thought it would be maybe I needed to watch Captain America the first Avenger before I saw this film, maybe it would have hit me a little bit harder, but it's where he meets Peggy Carter yeah, who's yeah, now, yeah. she's very old, she's bedridden, yeah um, this was actually a deleted scene in The Avengers uh, of Steve learning what happened uh, you know to his commandos and mm-hmm. Peggy Carter ended up being cut out of that film but it's included in this film. The The Avengers was actually supposed to be originally f- told from Captain America's perspective. Um, Did they reshoot that scene? The Man Out of Time. That's a good question. I don't know if this scene was reshot or if they took it from... And and was that actually the actress who played her? Was she in makeup? I I don't
1: think so. They switched actresses. They did? Yes, definitely. I actually just read that a moment ago. Okay,
2: good. Um, You know, even where he said that he still owes her a dance, it did not hit me. No. Like, like I thought it would have. Maybe I needed to see the movie, like, right before... And maybe it would have hit me a little bit harder, but this scene just didn't really resonate with me.
3: It didn't really need to be in there, quite honestly, you know, I don't think.
2: Well, maybe for the Agent 13 stuff that comes up later. Probably for maybe. that, Maybe, yeah. but, but, yeah, you're right. It it's, did, it's like when she... It didn't, did, have, it didn't have the impact that I thought it would have.
4: No, it, it, she's like,
3: you know, she, she all of a sudden forgets who he is and like, oh, Steve, you're still alive after he's been talking to her for like 15
2: minutes. Dementia. She's <laughs> and, got dementia. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's still,
3: you know that, but it's still like... Eh.
2: Yeah. You don't feel... I I yeah, I get it. No. It's it's not the fucking notebook people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, True. <laughs> Alright. So, you know, later on Fury is trying to get information about uh, you know what's going on and then he, he's denied access. Right. And so yeah, that you know, so suspicions are being raised right now and Fury's, you know little bit uh you can tell fury's a little bit on edge about this shit yeah
3: that's, that's when the wheels start turning as a viewer too you know that things are kind of fucked up at that point and, and you're wondering if that is a real nick fury that we're looking at yeah yeah what, what are we dealing with here you know
2: but right is this a is this a life model decoy right, yeah
1: and right. i thought maybe it was an lmd Too. D too. yeah yeah
2: Uh, we get a scene where, uh, you know, Robert Redford is now, he's talking to the telepresence devices, which are by the holographic telepresence devices. Uh, they're actually the World uh, Security Council, which we saw the World Security Council in the Avengers film. They were the ones that authorized the nuke to be, uh, they were the, they authorized the nuke to be blown up in, uh, Manhattan. Right. Um, uh, what I didn't know is, uh, that, uh, the woman here that you see in the World Security Council, that's Jenny Agutter, uh, who mm. played Jessica in Logan's run.
4: Okay. okay. And
2: she was also in the, Avenger, in the Avengers Oh wow! Uh, as well, um, you know, in that, in that, in that nuke scene. So I thought that was very cool. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like... I liked Robert Redford in this, in this scene. I really did. I, I thought this was a strong start to his character. Oh, yeah. And I think it set the tone for the rest of the film, ex- <laughs> except for maybe the scene later we'll get to where he interacts with the Winter Soldier at the table. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get to that. That was kind of silly.
3: But, yeah, he made his presence felt. You knew he was a man of power and influence <laughs> at that point.
2: Um, let's see here. Where are we in the film now? So um,
1: with Samuel Jackson not being able to get clearance and whatnot. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh,
2: okay, so he's not getting clearance. You know, he's starting to question things, and so now, now Shield, uh, and you guys can see that I'm clearly putting up the uh, quotations. <laughs> uh, but uh, Shield is is starting to question him at this point. Like, so uh, Nick Fury gets attacked right. in, in that in the spy car. That he's in That Okay guys Let's talk about this scene That That scene where he's attacked And He's surrounded by The cops Right Yes Okay uh, The The computer Within the um, The spy car Right Tells him that there's no officers Located in the area At this time So clearly These are You know Rogue Shield agents
1: Yeah and, they're off the grid
2: Right So they trap him in the car and ram him cause a shit ton of damage already to this car and he gets injured right um he's trying to get out but then is he trying to uh, when he's trying to get out is he trying what is he trying what was he trying to do that he he had to reboot the computer uh he wanted to go vertical Okay.
3: He wanted to get into the air, and that's what he was trying to do the whole time. But there So
2: he's was- trying to make this go Lola? He's yeah. To- <laughs> Are yeah. you fucking serious?
3: Yeah. But there was a malfunction because it was so damaged. Okay. Um, so that, yeah. And then he got kind of stuck, basically.
2: Now, the whole time they're shooting at him, then, you know, the computer is telling him how much, like, uh, damage they're doing and it's giving them like a percentage right yeah
1: of like very star Trek.
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Shields.
1: forward shields <laughs> down to 40 yeah. percent
2: <laughs> or kaiju yeah. kaiju appearances <laughs> uh, i love it it's, it's kind of like uh on star for shields right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: do you have a pr- problem director fury <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then <laughs> they get to the point where all right the bullets are hitting Bam, 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 bam. They're, 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 they're beating the shit out of this thing. And they're just like, ah, fuck it. Let's grab the battering ram. Yeah, yeah. So they grab the battering ram. I thought the battering ram was pretty cool. Yeah. And it led up to an even cooler scene where he pulls out the, g- <laughs> the Gatling gun. The Gatling gun. Yeah. So I, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. He waited until like the, the shields got down to like 1%. Busted out the Gatling gun, started kicking some ass. Then the computer was rebooted.
3: I, I was going to say a lot of these scenes, especially that one in particular, remind me of like Terminator Two or like The Matrix. You know where the where, where the car chases were. You know your heart's your heart's just like pounding the whole time. Yes, and, and they're counting down like the shield strength and like you know he they shoot they they shoot shoot at him for like a good 5 minutes
1: right yeah, it was definitely a fun start to that car chase sequence. yeah it was a great start it, it got you on edge just Right away. Right. For it. And
2: you can just see how cold and calculated that he is this whole time. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there's an inflection in his voice. He's a little like, well, oh, fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's, he's injured. You know, no, he's a little pissed off, Sammy Jackson. You know, there's snakes on a motherfucking plane. <laughs> right. <that's laughs> right, right,
1: right. As soon as he sees Winter Soldier, Yeah. he's like, motherfucker. Well, there's literally snakes in motherfucking
2: shield. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, he asked the car at one point, I thought it was really cool, if he could get a hold of uh, Maria Hill. Right. Mm-hmm. And it says communications damaged. <laughs> so he goes, "What is working?" Air,
1: air conditioning. conditioning. <laughs> air conditioning fully operational. That's how we can keep us cool the whole time. <laughs> you're, thinking
3: to, you're thinking to yourself that's some good engineering. The fucking yeah. air conditioning's working. Out. Right. Yeah, that's always the
1: first <laughs> thing to go in my cars.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is when we get our first look at the Winter Soldier. Mhm. Um This, I mean, and he really does come out of nowhere. We've seen this scene in the trailers like a hundred fucking times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 102.
2: Right, but we didn't know when it was going to happen and how it was going to happen, but it happened. (laughs) And he he pulls out that, it's like a magnetic tracking bomb. Yeah. Almost like a floating hoverboard landmine that goes directly under the vehicle, attaches magnetically under the vehicle, blows the fuck up. And this is where, like... This this is where he uses like the that the, the laser cutting yeah laser like, ground cutting device. It, it looks
4: expand. like a
3: lightsaber. Yeah, it looks like a lightsaber, and then he, yeah. he he like shoots it on, and and then you don't know what what's gonna happen. But then Winter Soldier approaches the right. vehicle after it's been like turned over and wrecked. Right, and you think, well, he's pretty much fucked. <laughs> but he opens the door, he just fucking tears it off, and Nick Fury is dug a hole through the floor into right. the concrete or whatever. So it's
2: funny that, you know, he used the lightsaber and he was Mace Windu, Right, exactly.
3: <laughs> it was very reminiscent. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, okay, so uh, we get our first look at the Winter Soldier. Right. Um, let's talk about the Winter Soldier costume for just a second. Right. Um, you know, of course, you know, I, what did you guys... I mean, okay, the Winter Soldier himself, you know, from the comics, we know that he's a master of martial arts. Uh, he's an expert marksman. It doesn't matter if it's guns, knives. Uh, he's a skilled acrobat. He's an advanced scout. He's multilingual. Right. He speaks uh, fluent English, Russian, German, Japanese, and a little French. Yeah, he's an expert spy, an expert <laughs> assassin. Uh, so he's definitely a formidable foe for Captain America. Um, did you guys notice that he seemed to throw Cap Shield a lot?
1: in this movie yeah they, hey look it's uh winter soldier holding Cap's shield right. very dynamically posed Right. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah i
2: think maybe they're alluding to the fact uh that he may take over for cap as captain america at some point just like in the comics so, I'm excited for that yeah yeah I, uh, I
3: think as soon as he caught his shield that first time on that rooftop that was saying i can take the shield Anytime.
1: He caught it and posed with it.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right back at him.
2: Maybe, maybe the action figure will even come with Cap Shield.
3: It's quite possible. It's possible. But that, that to me was like, yeah, they're setting this up for something down the road. We all know Winter
2: Soldier figure now with Cap catching Shield action.
3: <laughs> you know what? You know what's weird about that? Like you mentioned that, and, and I think of Boba Fett immediately with the rocket launcher detachment. He was very much like that to me in this movie. He was kind of they did they showed just enough of him to me, and that's what we were talking about earlier. I don't need a bunch of background on this guy either. Right, set it up. We know who he is. Blah blah blah. But you get glimpses of him, and they're all really fucking cool. And there's there's not so much to where you know everything about this guy.
1: Did did the movie ever actually tie the Winter Soldier's origin to the Russians? Yeah. No, did it? Did, I don't think he it was did a KGB not.
3: KGB operative.
1: Did they actually say yeah. that? I was that was something I really wanted to pay that, attention to. That's why my my Black lot. Widow
3: knew. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because okay. kind of yeah. I was
1: like, wow, he still has the big old Russian red star, but mm-hmm. I—that's I, I, right. something I missed.
3: Yeah, and that's what I loved is that they had tiny details like the star. You saw the star, and you're like, oh, fuck, man.
1: That's- I think almost more than any character in the Marvel movie universe, they really kept to the original costume design. Yeah. Oh,
3: totally. Yeah. And maybe
1: the most out of any character. Totally. And yeah. it, it, it worked. I, I mean, like the costume. It worked. I thought it looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was telling you guys outside earlier that Sebastian Stan, if they rebooted The Crow, he would be a
1: fantastic... Yeah. Absolutely. Eric Draven. So He looked just like I I thought a lot about Nomad
2: from the comic universe. <laughs> yes, too. me too. I thought about Nomad as well. Oh, especially man. when I was like, yeah, no, thinking about this movie today and my rating and stuff like that. Like that was like one of the things
1: that I kept thinking about was like the nomad storyline. God, and, he he just looks that part yeah. too. Oh my god. Yeah. He's great. I hope he has the chops when it comes to Right, give Called him more, the more
2: screen time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, He definitely has the look. Let's hope he has the acting chops. Absolutely. Um, this is where we get the scene
2: where Cap's coming home to his apartment it's just kind of—it's just weird watching Cap come home to an apartment. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, and then he he bumps into the pretty girl in the, in the same building. Right. That, uh, and then Cap even she's she's doing laundry. Yeah. And you know she's I guess he's like in between loads. He asks her out for a cup of coffee, to which she declines. Mm-hmm. But then you know. It's not like she's turning him down at the same point. She she does kind of bring it back,
3: right? Well, he also says, you know, you can do your laundry in my place instead right. of
2: paying for it, and um, yeah. and then he says
3: something to the effect of, you know, maybe I'll see you soon or something like that. And she's like, well, I hope it's not long, right? You know, maybe I'll see you down the road, something. Yeah,
2: like that. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right.
3: So there's kind of flirtation between sure. the two, you know, sure. But you don't know what she's doing exactly. exactly. And she
1: says, hopefully soon or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And she's um, hot, by the way. <laughs> Cap's not in the friend zone yet.
4: He's not exactly. there yet.
3: She's playing hard to get. But that goes back to what he was saying about that—the nurse or whatever—that was so willing to ask him out. That's why he, you could tell he's kind of attracted to her, is because she's not asking him out. She's exactly. turning him down.
2: He took he took it upon himself to ask her. Right. Um, so Captain goes. Cap, Cap goes into his apartment, and. Uh, does he go directly into the apartment? He hears the music playing first, right? That's what's yes, cool he, about the scene. Ca- he's yeah. cautious
1: the moment he enters,
2: yeah. right? Yeah, he hears the the music playing, and so he goes through the window, correct? Right. Okay. He leaves and goes outside. Yeah. yeah. Goes, he outside, goes the, the Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: and you are like, that's fucking cool,
2: right? <laughs> so, and, and then we get the scene of like he, he peeks around the corner and sees uh, Nick Fury laying on the uh, on the uh, chair there, right? So Nick Fury's in the chair. Um, this is where uh this is a cool spy scene. I like this a lot. It well, is. Yeah, you know, we uh, Fury's basically telling him in code and then also through text that, you know, Shield's been compromised. Right. And uh, you know, there are people listening. And that his place is bugged. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of like ramping up the excitement for me. I'm getting, I'm getting, like, I'm getting anxious.
1: And, yeah. and good use of the cell phone too, with holding up what I'm really saying all the time. Right, uh, those scenes are always really fun.
2: Yeah. Um, and then they're, they are talking and they're talking in code, uh, the music's playing, of course the music playing remind me of like Goodfellas when they turn on the music yeah. real loud and they talk <laughs> yeah. and things yeah. like that. Totally, totally. And uh, then, then there's a shot. Uh, Nick Fury gets shot by the Winter Soldier, right? Which we don't know it's the Winter Soldier yet, but I just spoiled that. For that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the movie, then what the fuck are you listening to? This another, for?
1: another very bu- Bubba Fetty kind of Winter Soldier appearance, right? Shot from he's... a distance, yeah. sniped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: uh, after he sh- is it after he shot or before he shot that uh, Fury gives him the uh, Silver Flash shield drive, the the flash drive? I believe
1: it's before. Before, I think so. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think so. Okay. We, That's we a good question. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know.
2: But um, I think so. Yeah, but at one point uh, throughout this interaction, uh Cap is given by Fury that Silver Flash drive and it's got the shield logo on it. Right. Um so it's like now we like what's on that drive? So um you know, uh then his neighbor his neighbor that we just talked about, the, the pretty girl out in the hallway, she busts into the apartment. She reveals
1: that she's Agent 13. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: right. Which just, we all know from the comics is Sharon Carter. Right.
1: This movie has kind of that theme where no one is really who they say they are. You know, by the end of the movie, almost every character has gone through some kind of, uh, you know, this is what we were and this is what we are now kind of transition. Yes,
2: yes.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. Um,
2: then we get the epic scene where... uh Cap sees the shooter and goes after him and uh, throws the shield. And we saw the scene from the trailer. It's the scene where the Winter Soldier catches mm-hmm. the shield and stares at him.
3: <laughs> 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 hey, mother, <laughs> uh, fantastic scene though, by the way, because he's he's like my friend's just been shot. Like I think at that point, at that point, it shows that that Steve Rogers. Uh, or that that Nick Fury has earned Steve Rogers' trust, okay, and then he immediately gets shot.
2: Yeah, because Nick Fury he, he 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 knew shit was up. Yeah, but he didn't know who to go to. The first place he went to was Captain America. Right, and that our, was our America. golden boy, our fucking Boy Scout. Yeah, that's where he went. Well,
1: yeah, and he knows Cap isn't in any kind of loops that involve, you know, being behind the scenes of right. any of the actual political right. intrigue. He's the most innocent yeah, yeah sheep boy possible when it exactly. comes to that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. And
3: it might have been a case where, you know, Steve felt at that point, I have earned his trust. That enough is enough for me because I know how... How picky he is
2: about who he trusts. Right. Which now, nobody. This is definitely not one of those clunky setups. This no. makes sense. That part was. Yeah. This makes sense. And I really liked how the Russo brothers put this together.
3: And when he gets shot, you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly... Steve Rogers
2: immediately...
3: Yeah, bursts out that window. Oh yeah, through. he makes a beeline line out that fucking window. Yeah. We
1: all knew we'd see Nick Fury again by the end of this movie. Oh, too.
3: absolutely.
1: No, no one's fooling yeah. no one, right? Well,
3: except for some of the yeah, some of the older crowd. But they <laughs> didn't know. I mean, I saw people go, "Oh, he's you know."
1: Well,
2: did you guys think for a second? It's like, oh shit, they're trying to do another Coulson, right? Yeah, honest.
1: Yeah. I, I knew no matter what, we we were either it was an LMD. He wasn't dead. Right. I, I knew yeah. we were seeing. Nick Fury by the end of the movie. I thought
2: fight. I thought I read an interview with Kevin Feige where he said that there was going to be an LMD in this fucking yeah. movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, probably, a, probably just a little bit of red herring for uh, you.
2: Yeah, I love the misdirection by uh, Kevin Feige.
1: <laughs>
2: you fucking weasel. <laughs>
3: Well, because you, you are waiting, you are waiting for it the whole time. You yeah. are, you are yeah.
1: waiting for it yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because he said that, right? So, and it wasn't no. a bad thing. Kudos no. to you, Mister Train. Touché.
2: Touché. So uh, then, and then uh, Fury is brought into the operating table. They, they, they give him the emergency surgery, and then we have the moment where you know Nick Fury dies, right? And so we get the. Uh, Alligator tears from Maria Hill. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, it was convincing, I guess. It was convincing enough. We get the tears from Maria Hill and Black Widow. Right. And, you know, Cap walks off. And I mean, you know, it, 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 it kind of just was like, ah, fuck. Another Colson moment. Right. Yeah. So here we go. Fuck. All right. You did this in Avengers. Now you're doing it here. It was kind of just. For me, it wasn't. I knew Nick Fury's coming back. The motherfuckers got him with 11, 12 pictures. Exa- exactly,
1: exactly. Anyone you know 10% in the know knows that Nick Fury will, will see him again very, right. very sure. It, it
3: was no Optimus Prime death <laughs> not
1: yeah. even close not even close to Optimus Prime I and you're talking same. about the animated movies yes. yeah, you're definitely. not talking
2: about fucking the second no, movie no no not at all <laughs> I can't what was the second movie called Transformers
1: oh uh, Rise of the Who Gives a Fuck
2: Revenge of the Fallen Revenge, Revenge of the, the Fallen was that what it's called yeah okay. <laughs> it just sounds stupid doesn't yeah, it it does Revenge
1: <laughs> of the Fallen Revenge of the is that really what it's called yeah yeah, yeah. the second well, but what's the third one called rise of the S- <laughs> rise of the
5: Sith <laughs> it could be called,
3: Ages yeah, it of could be called what's age
1: of extinction where is Unicron yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. but
3: yeah it, it just didn't it, it was another one of those scenes where it was lacking the emotional impact and you're just like "Fuck you know who cares
1: maybe if
2: they would have had like an animated little boy crying yeah.
3: <laughs> <time>. no Nick
5: <laughs> no <laughs>
2: <laughs> like from the Christmas Carol, you know, one of those moments. So then, at that point, uh, we get the scene. Brock Rumlow, yes, comes up to you know, and Brock Rumlow, he was on the mission on the sh- on the ship. Uh, he was the guy who actually saved Cap from uh, being a, t- a shot in the head. But they worked one together, guy. Guy. yeah, they first. worked together. And so Brock Rumlow says, "Hey, you're needed at Shield," and uh, Cap goes to Shield headquarters. Uh, this is where, uh, Cap walks away, he's gonna go into the meeting with Alexander Pierce, and they, they zoom in on that snack machine, and, like, there's, like, four rows of, like, the bubble yum bubble gum, and behind that you can see the flash drive, so the flash drive is in there. So he already knew something was up.
3: Right. And didn't you guys kind of already know, like, at that point, when he's like, you gotta come with us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, some's fucking up.
1: Something's fucking up. And Cap's such a boy scout, you know he still put 50 cents in that machine.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this is where he has, Cap has his talk with Pierce. You know, and you can tell, like, at the beginning it felt like Pierce was sincere. Yeah. But as the conversation went on, and it seemed like Cap didn't trust him so much. Uh, and then Cap gets to a point where he's going to tell him everything that he wants to tell him. Pierce is wanting to pull more information out of him, and Cap is not wanting to give him everything at this point, because I think Cap knows what's up. He's not the same Cap that we saw on the first Avenger, and he, he's been changed, I think, by the aven- events of the Avengers, going back to what I said about Bruce Banner and Tony Stark mm-hmm. getting in his head about, you know, you know, what's really fucking going on here behind the scenes in S.H.I.E.L.D. A little bit of
1: a reality check for Cap.
2: Right, you know, and he's talking to uh, Robert Redford, and uh, Pierce says he wants to find out who kills his friend but you know something's fucking up.
3: He's very demanding about you know Mm -hmm. I I need to know this was my friend I need to know and and Cap was already told by Nick Fury don't trust anyone and I think he's thinking that the whole time he's having this conversation. Well
2: Pierce is trying to get into his head about that shit too. Exactly. Can you you trust Fury? Who bugged the apartment. Exactly. Fury bugged the the
1: apartment. Right.
2: Yeah. So then we get this uh, epic elevator scene which we all saw that was the uh, Comic Con
1: footage yep. yeah
2: that was the Comic Con footage and so they, they they threw that into the movie it was the exact same footage that we saw there and that that's just an amazing it's still amazing, fun it's still fun yeah. right? even seeing it you know it, it, but uh, everybody knows that scene it was awesome it was
3: a great build up we didn't get to see the whole build up to that scene where he finally asks okay who wants to step off yeah who wants to get out
1: what's uh jumping ahead what was Rumlow's final fate in the movie Rumlow didn't die no no, 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 no. Are we going to see Rumlo in the, in the full-on co- crossbones? Crossbones. We're yeah. going to see it? I think it'll be the
2: S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Oh. I think he'll be back in the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Sh- d- mm-hmm.
3: As he progressed, he got more and more looking like him with his outfit. I agree. And so by the final scene, he was badly damaged. Yeah,
2: even the straps were in a cross. Cross, yeah. Yeah, the straps that he wore in a certain scene. There's a, a lot
3: cross. of speculation that we could see a Thunderbolts, too, because of this. So, oh, that would be fucking um, awesome. Yeah, they've they, the the guys that did uh, Iron Man three, that co wrote that, and then co wrote All Hail to the King. Oh yeah, yeah. They they have said that we already believe that Crossbones will have a spin off kind of solo thing.
2: I think it'll be an Agents of Shield episode. Yeah, I do. That's I a good think, tie. That's a good tie in. I don't think he's worthy of a Cap three, maybe unless it's like kind of like in the same capacity as like they use Batroc in this
1: movie. Yeah, I feel that.
3: Yeah, they're not going to do a big reveal of him as Crossbones. I don't think
2: in a
1: movie right.
2: version so cap he's he's trying to get the fuck out of shield headquarters um, and uh, I mean that was a cool scene yeah. uh, after the elevator jumping out of the elevator Sitwell's watching it and Sitwells on it and he's like you know holy fuck he can't believe that he got out right and uh, we cap gets on the motorcycle and he's riding that was cool yeah. and then he's going straight towards that fucking shield jet and uh Cap takes out a fucking jet. Yeah. Very reminiscent of the Hulk. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and even in The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon can take out a fucking tank, but yeah. Cap takes out a jet. Yeah. And that was cool. With a fucking shield.
4: Right.
3: That was the kind of Captain America I've been waiting to see, that dominant fighter. You know, you can't you can't fuck with me with a shield jet, you know?
2: Yeah. So at this point, Cap is on the manhunt. Uh, they've got a manhunt, and their Cap is... Kind of like in like the Dark Knight Rises, you know, the Dark Knight where they uh, where they end the Dark Knight, like Cap is like the okay. man.
1: He's a vigilante. He's at a that vigilante point, yeah. at that
2: point. Yeah, um, the flash drive is still in the snack machine at this point. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we have that scene with Black Widow, and she pops the uh, she's got the bubble, and she pops the bubble. So now Black Widow has the flash drive. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> um natasha she then talks about her experience with the winter soldier and how she's faced him before jay what did you think about that like her talking about how she had encountered the winter soldier before
3: well yeah she basically said you know we uh the you know the seek the shadow governments or the cia type folks we've we've known about him the kgb we've known about him but he's kind of been a ghost you know we uh, we don't know his identity. He's totally off the grid. We don't know who he is. But he's had, what, like 13 assassinations successfully or something like that, probably more. I don't remember. Um, Do you think JFK was one of those? <laughs> I, well, it's a strong possibility. Um, but, yeah, because he was against you know, communism. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a big telling into what, first of all, what her past history is and what her knowledge is. And they kind of show that later on in the movie, too, of, you know how deep she's been in these black ops and these shadow ops and she knows who this guy is and nobody else seems to give him the answer right and that again brings back you know his trust with her that gains some more trust and i think that's a big pivotal kind of moment for him too is when she's helping him kind of piece together who this guy is and that he is part of his past and um I don't, I don't know I, I just thought that was pretty cool um, interplay between the two and it's just the start of it for those in, in this
2: movie do you think we get like too many of these scenes where Black Widow just acts like she's scared of something like remember in Avengers when she was really threatened and scared by the Hulk I understood that but Yeah. It's like, I don't want to see her like just like have like these cowering moments where she's just scared of like a certain villain
1: right. yeah I never think of the word vulnerable as a word to describe Black Widow in the yeah. comic books that's right. for sure
3: yeah but she went right at him you know when uh the the bridge scene, which was one of the best, I think, action scenes, and totally reminded me of like Terminator, like I said. But that bridge scene where she's just like on the you know like on the lower level on the street, and Winter Soldiers on the bridge trying to kind of take out Cap, and she's just fucking shooting at him like I don't care what happens, right? You know, yeah. I think that's all. Just you know, she's a liar, like you said. You know,
2: did we get okay? Uh, the scene, I, I I think I was taking notes and I didn't really get it all, but. There's a there's a scene where Redford, uh, you know Alexander Pierce is talking to the council again through those telepresence devices. Did they say that they ended Project Insight?
1: Mm. I don't. I need a second viewing for that answer. I don't. That think they so. weren't backing it anymore.
3: Well, they were at least going to go with the idea that they were going to postpone it. Okay. I believe. Okay.
1: Yeah,
3: but I don't know if they said they were going to cancel it.
1: Okay. They were threatening.
3: Right. Which to me seems kind of all part of the master plan. I don't know if you guys thought that at all. That Project Insight was, you know, planned to destroy itself. In other words, right.
2: Now we uh, then we get the really. Uh, I thought this was cool. The the whole uh, you know the Cap Manhunt has started. Cap, they've got the flash drive and it's Cap and it's Black Widow and they're together, so they're the team right now. Right. Um, and, and they go into that mall and uh they they want to find out what's on this flash drive so they go to like uh i don't know like, like an apple store like, like an apple yeah, store yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh um the guy at the apple store is that that's one of the russo brothers uh actors that they use is that one of the guys that they used in community uh, is, is it
1: he, is it the abed appearance
2: abed is laser no, shield, shield a shield agent yeah, yeah. this is like the long haired the guy with the long. I've hair seen and, him
3: before, yeah. but I can't remember. He,
2: I think he's like one of the Russo brothers. Uh, they've worked with that guy before. He's a comedian. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but uh, then you know, you know then we get the captain america and black widow kiss as brock rumlow is going up the elevator um, you know and she says something about pda makes people uncomfortable right. and so he does look away just like she says and yeah. uh, just like you know she thinks human behavior should you know and so he does look away and and so that that was a cool scene and as they're driving off away from the mall she asks him i thought this was very funny um, she says was that your first kiss since 1945 <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> A little rusty, Cap. Yeah. <laughs> but they got coordinates on where they needed to go next when right. they went into that Apple store. New Jersey, yeah. wasn't it? New Jersey, yeah. yeah. And so this, uh, they go to this like uh, old uh, army base, and then Cap realizes that this one like bunker is right. out of place where it shouldn't be. And so they end up going down into the bunker, and this is where this earlier, is the war games this joke. This is the yeah. war games joke. Yeah, uh, shall we play a game? Yeah, um, you know, great Matthew Broderick movie. If you've never seen it, seen oh, it
1: is one of the best. Yeah,
2: um, and then uh, we find out that uh, that, uh, that behind this bookcase, which. I mean, you could clearly see that there was, like... Yeah, it's never been discovered before. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which, I don't know why these people are working at S.H.I.E.L.D. if they've never noticed that. Just hire, like, three comic
1: nerds, and they'll they'll go through and find out your secrets. (laughs)
2: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, We find out that... there's all these like old school looking computers and shit. That that are like look like they're running old DOS or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Old school fucking ass computers. And uh we find out that Arnim Zola has uploaded his conscience uh into these computers. He's in this underground bunker, and then he starts to talk to them after they put in the, the flash drive. Right. So this silver shield flash drive. Uh he reveals his plans about the satellite being linked to the helicarriers, and that there is this algorithm that can actually analyze people's past to predict their future, which is a little scary. Right. Um, and then we find out that Project Insight is actually Hydra. So, for the past 50-some years, Hydra has been infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D., and some of, like, the big wigs in fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. are actually Hydra agents. Yes. So, this changes the game, um... At this point, they find out that uh, – Hydra finds out that uh, Cap is there because when the flash drive goes in, they have some kind of like they, – they, they're able to They have track. a time limit. Like, yeah. they know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Arnim Zola is trying to keep them there too yeah. and talk to them. Right. Uh, now, do you guys think like when they send the missiles off and they actually destroy that bunker, do you think that there is a chance that uh, once they uploaded that flash drive that Arnim Zola – that computer he actually transferred himself onto the flash
1: drive so he could get out of there do you think that's a possibility i don't think we've seen the last of arnim zola okay. i think that's definitely a possibility yeah i okay. felt like this was one step closer to seeing him in a tv screen in somebody's midsection
5: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I <did too>. yeah. <laughs>
1: Which I've been waiting for Me too I love Artem Zola in the yeah. well, they, kind
2: of, they kind of alluded to it Like the first uh, the, the first Captain America movie They definitely did Yeah when they showed him Like his face The beaker behind yeah, the beaker scene Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Pierce uh, then Actually this is where We get that scene uh, Where Pierce meets With the Winter Soldier In his home Yeah uh, <laughs> You know And uh, the the maid Is leaving Yeah And then you know This is another death that hit me so hard <laughs> when, when the maid came back and saw him sitting with the Winter Soldier. I was like, no, not, we're not. Right. <laughs> Not Renata Why'd you have to come back Or whatever he said Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you knock Yeah Oh it's I like, wish you would have knocked It's like You know This is like On the same level As Colson for me <laughs> Yeah
1: I'm kidding right. <laughs> <laughs> On the same level As Uncle Ben for
3: Well me. well First of all <laughs> First of all You knew damn well They were in cahoots right yeah Winter Soldier and Pierce and then second of all he's like you want some milk (laughs)
2: oh yeah I was waiting for like Chris Hardwick to come on with like the zombie kill of the week and like show like a slow motion like fucking like Robert Redford shooting Renata with like the the music in the (laughs) background to to give it that ambiance you know (laughs) poor Renata so yeah Renata's dead (laughs) yeah whatever who gives a
1: shit so they'll be doing a spin off on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about Renata Renata. (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: Don't forget. <laughs> so now Cap and Black Widow, they're kind of like uh, you know battered and bruised from from. Uh, I mean, you know when they blew up that bunker, you know, uh, you know Captain had to protect Black Widow from yeah. getting fucking you know killed and shit by right? by all like the the rocks and rubble and shit falling down. So they they go to the only place that they know where they can maybe possibly trust somebody. They go to Falcons, right? Uh, who we know is Sam Wilson in the movie. Um, and then their plan is to get the Falcon suit, which Sam Wilson tells him about, you know, Project Falcon. So their plan is, and I wish that they would have shown this scene and I hope it's a deleted scene in the fucking Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, it definitely needed it. It it felt missing.
2: It did. It's just like, okay, here's the plan. Let's get the suit. Oh, got the suit. Got the suit. No problem.
1: Yeah.
3: And, And oddly enough, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this, but Black Panther was the one that gave him that suit in the first place, created the
2: technology. So,
1: oh, with uh, vibranium, right? Ah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. So, in the comic books, at least. And
2: why haven't we had a Black Panther Easter egg except for like the Wakanda? Yeah, you know, uh, on the map in Iron Man Two. That's it. There's a lot more rumors about that, but I'm sure we'll talk about that some other. Yeah, podcast. that's
1: definitely on the radar. Uh, what do
2: you guys think about? Okay, so we do get the the Falcon costume. What do you guys think about the Falcon costume in this movie? Awesome, I liked it. Yeah, uh, serviceable. And, Anthony Mackie was unhappy with the modern, yeah. he was unhappy with the modern take on the costume as, as the Falcon. He said he wanted the red Ugh. spandex look from the comics. Mackie stated at one time that he spent 5 months doing uh, two a day workouts and eating an 11,000 calorie per day diet to get in shape for this role too. So He was
3: ripped. He did a lot of stunt work in that with, you know, probably wa- wires and whatnot. Yeah. But I was pretty surprised. Why would you want the old costume? 11,000
2: calories per day. Yeah.
1: yeah. Slightly off topic, but um, he Mackie's been very vocal about not receiving a call for Avengers, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: I... Yeah, I, but I've heard mixed reports. Like he's going to be in Avengers two, and then 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 he's not.
1: I think that's a very dumb move on his part to talk to social media about things like that. And he needs to wait till it's in the can. I think he's hurting his chances. He
2: needs to wait for the fan reaction.
1: Yeah, I've, in this film. He's hurting himself by being that vocal about it. I think. I think he just needs to sit still.
2: Right. He's just got that kind of personality, though. He's very vocal. Yeah. But he loves the. He loves playing the part of the Falcon. Like during Comic Con, he was like running around talking to fans and like making
1: (laughs) Falcon like "Ah!" noises and shit. I thought you were gonna say running around talking to birds for a second.
3: (laughs) That's what was great about him, though, was the the passion really showed through that character he was yeah. he was very much a, a supporting character in this you know he wasn't that fleshed out like you guys talked about but His passion for how much he loved that character, I think, really showed through in that he was a part of this, you know, Marvel universe. His
2: character seemed very grounded, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like a real guy that you would just, like, bump into,
1: like, if you were working in the military. Right. I I could see his character being a character, like, in the Netflix stuff coming up, even. Yeah. You know, real grounded and dealing with that kind of level of stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of the Netflix shit... Um, you know like there's scenes in this movie where like um, you know where the Winter Soldier was just like shooting guns and stuff like that you know that scene where he's like going after Black Widow I was like waiting for like the Punisher to come out
1: yeah like oh my god wouldn't that have been awesome I'm excited for all that Netflix street level stuff I'm real excited for it Uh, speaking of
2: street level Netflix stuff Moon Knight yeah why aren't you doing it yeah but anyway
3: (sighs) he's such a great character it'd be such a waste not to use him for that
1: yeah Yeah, yeah. off topic still with the Netflix stuff is the big uproar for them trying to get an Asian for um, Iron Fist.
2: Right. Yeah. There's a
1: lot of people demanding that. It'll be interesting to see if Marvel listens to fans on yeah, that. Yeah,
2: it should be.
1: It definitely should be.
2: This is where next in the movie, uh Gary Shandling, he sh- he returns as Senator Stern. <laughs> Love uh, it. yeah, we remember him from Iron Man 2 and uh uh Jasper Sitwell, he was sent to be kind of like uh what was it? Senator Stern's like aide at that point in time. Yeah. And, uh, we find out that Jasper Sitwell, who's been on the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show recently, and he first appeared in the Thor movie. I think he might have made a small appearance in Avengers. I'm not sure. I don't, th-
1: I, I don't remember him in Avengers. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure. Um, I, I think I may have seen him on a helicarrier, but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, we find out that he's also a double agent of Hydra. Um, it's funny that he's actually one of the shields espionage agents
4: right and he,
2: he comes to be an a, 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 a double agent for uh, for Hydra. Um, we get the, the, the Falcon suit the um, the really cool scene on the rooftop where Falcon is in the he's in the Falcon suit and uh, they throw Jasper Sitwell. well oh, right, yeah right. off the roof. Now did anybody else catch the Easter egg here?
1: Is this the Avengers
2: Tower Easter egg? No. This is uh, Sitwell. He reveals that the uh, Project Insight is secretly oh, tracking the- all the superpowered beings on Earth. Uh, he says the name of Bruce Banner. He says uh, President Ellis, and then he name drops it's Stephen Strange. Strange. Yeah. The- uh, so, guys, do you think it's pretty safe to say that uh, we'll be seeing Doctor Strange in a future movie, if not a uh,
1: solo movie of his own? Well, we've point? we've definitely known even back on the old show we we've been talking about how we know dr strange is in the works for phase three right but this definitely cements that right absolutely yeah
3: i mean he said something about we we've got to keep this away from the greatest minds in the world bruce banner Stephen strange right absolutely going to be in there and you know with the introduction of well i won't talk about that yet (laughs) there's other reasons why there might be a magician coming
2: or a sorcerer yeah yeah (laughs) Um, You know, then from Sitwell, we learn of uh, Arnim Zola's algorithm that, you know, we talked about earlier, analyzes people's past to predict their future. Uh, Sitwell, he then reveals all of Hydra's plans. I mean, he squeals like a fucking pig at this point. He definitely
3: does. And
2: uh, he is then, after that, after he gives out all the information, throws, you know, Hydra... Uh, under a bus, he's then thrown under a truck by, <laughs> yes. by the Winter Soldier. Very quickly, yes. <laughs> Decisively. <laughs>
4: um,
2: we get the really, co- another cool car chase. Yes. Uh, with uh, Winter Soldier, he comes out of nowhere um, during that car chase. And what I loved about this is they're doing this, this car chase. Uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is driving the car and the Winter Soldier jumps on top of the car, and he rips the damn steering wheel oh, out of the car. Yeah. I can't remember ever seeing that in a movie. Yeah, Every car chase scene you have with a guy on top of the car, the driver is swerving and trying to shake him off of the top of the roof. But the Winter Soldier actually says, fuck that shit. (laughs) He wouldn't have And just rips the fucking (laughs) steering wheel out of the damn car. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, why the hell not? You've got, like, this cybernetic arm. Why not just rip the fucking steering wheel out and just, you know, stop that whole... Bullshit all
3: You're not going anywhere Is what he was saying Basically Right And there were so many Innovative elements In these choreographed scenes Like that Where it's like Motherfuck That's awesome Yeah
2: Simple little things He tore the steering wheel off I know <laughs> Like when I was watching this I was like Holy shit He just ripped the steering wheel Out of the car What are you gonna do you know (laughs) that's brilliant yeah I've got this fucking arm (laughs) it's a robotic arm tear this out (laughs) when do do we get the Stan Lee cameo in the museum
1: in the museum yeah Yeah.
2: so Cap needs his new suit
1: another suit right and what did you guys think about the Stanley cameo? It's okay. It's alright. At yeah. this point, I I could I could live. I could be fine if they stopped the Stanley cameos. He's not going to do
2: a cameo in Days of Future Past. That they've already said that. Good. Is
1: that like an FU to the Fox, or is that?
2: I, can you remember him doing a Stanley cameo in a Fox
1: yes movie? Definitely. Which one? He did him in all the X-Men Spider Spider Man.
2: Did he do it? Okay, in the first X Men movie, what what was he? Uh, what did he do? Uh, I don't think he was in first
1: X Men. I'm I'm going to find this out. I. I'm almost positive. You looked at. It. I'll be
2: right back. All right, we're gonna pause real quick while Jake looks that up. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we just took a break, but you guys don't know that because we did no intermission music. You have no idea what we do. Yeah, you have no idea what we do. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get the Stanley cameo, and he says, uh like the cap uh suit is stolen, and uh, the old cap suit in the exhibit, the right. Smithsonian exhibit is stolen, cap has it, he's wearing it, and Stanley says something to the effect of I'm getting show fired for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and only that Stanley voice that
1: only he could do excelsior so.
3: and and a lot of people in the crowd were like, hmm. You can hear an audible <laughs> clever.
1: Yeah, and just an update, we did find the Stanley cameo in X Men One, but that is the only twentieth century Fox X Men movie that um right. Stanley appears in.
3: But he was in Spidey, because that's his boy. Yeah. That's Sony yes. though. Right. Yeah,
1: that was Sony. That's
3: true, that's true.
1: All three of those, yes. Yeah. But Stanley's
2: favorite character is Silver Surfer. All right. Alright, anyway. Yeah, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs>
1: Stanley's soapbox.
2: Yeah, yeah. Me and Stan, we hung out last week and we
1: talked silver silver. Guys, you do not know.
3: <laughs>
2: Well, now we do. Uh, you know Stan doesn't flush after he goes number one. Right. I heard that. He only splashes when he goes number two. Yeah. What does that happen? <laughs> I, I'm trying to prove that I know Stan. Oh, is, this, a, is this a real fact? A, no. Okay. Oh. It's not.
3: He makes cameos in my life every day.
1: <laughs> I know Stan on that level. I mean, <laughs>
3: Brian, what are you
1: doing? <laughs> no wonder there's so much Stanley urine on eBay. I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I still failed my drug, drug test. <laughs> wow, yeah, Stan Lee, I mean, he created all that stuff. I'm sure he's done some stuff.
2: Yeah. So uh, Cap is, uh, he's taken in by Hydra. How yeah. does that go down? I can't, I, for the life of me, I can't remember how he is cuffed.
3: Um, well, he, well, when he learns, when when he's confronted with Bucky, and Bucky uh You know, basically shows his face. He takes his mask Yeah, yeah, the reveal. And Cap's like, Bucky, you know, I I know you. You know, I know who you are. And that's pretty much, he's kind of crushed at that point to where he kind of just gives up. The fight stops.
2: All the people in the movie theater that walk out after, like, the movie ends and the credits roll, all those people were shocked at this reveal.
4: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, exactly. But
3: he, he himself was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And he kind of just like, I can't fight anymore. Right. That's what I felt like because I was like, why is he letting himself right. be taken?
2: Yeah. And we see a little bit of that at the end of the movie, too.
4: Right, right.
2: Uh, so then, you know, they're driving him back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and shit. And uh, this is where they're in the back of that, uh, like, paddy wagon or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And. Uh, Guys, I knew as soon as like that kick was thrown at that other like mm-hmm. shield agent, I knew who it was. Did you guys know who it was that did it?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, because you're, you're like, who the fuck? Oh, yeah.
2: I knew it was Maria Hill. <laughs> Colby Smulders is Maria Hill. Uh I knew it was her. And then uh, again, she and that was a funny moment. I thought it was really funny, and I think Very they, cool. they used her well. And. And uh, she again used that uh, ground uh, cutting laser to again. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so laser that makes another appearance in the movie. <laughs> yeah. They love that laser. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: um, this is where they go back. They they, they go back to uh, the, the 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 hidden. They go back to they, they go to that shield hidden bunker. Right. And this is where we get the reveal that. Oh my gosh, Nick Fury's still alive.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Which we all felt that he was. Shocker. <laughs> Did you guys get the feeling that there was a lot of hidden bunkers in this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, fucking, definitely. Check like, every bookcase.
3: Right. There was probably three that I can think of right away.
2: I found one in your basement, right? there, Jay. Exactly.
3: Shield was down there as right. well. I'm like, oh shit, we've been compromised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been compromised. And
3: I'm like,
4: guys, come on.
2: <laughs> and Nick Fury's in my bathroom <laughs> we, we get another Bruce Banner name drop yeah uh, Nick Fury explains that his death uh was uh when he injected himself with a toxin that Bruce Banner had developed that was supposed to to calm Bruce Banner yeah a so little they, effect yeah <laughs> uh, I think it slow I think he said did he said something like he slowed down his heart rate enough yeah. so pretty much his heart rate was undetectable uh so Hydra uh ooh. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Spoiler. No, no, but we know. We know it's Hydra. Hydra is Infiltrated Shield. I've already said that. Yes. But Hydra assumed he was dead. Uh, Maria <laughs> then has this plan to take over the satellite link uh, that these uh, third generation helicarriers have uh, with these three chips that they need to insert into each of the helicarriers. Right. So that's the plan. We've
1: got these... Three chips. That's gonna go off without a hitch.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love uh, Co- Co- Chloe, Co-
2: Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Smolder, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe <laughs>
3: Kobe <Yes>. Bryant. <laughs> I, I love her. How she's kind of like the mom of Shield, and Nick Fury's kind of the dad. I, I love that she was in this movie. I was excited to see her again. Yeah. I think she's great in that role.
1: I think she's great yeah. too.
3: But yeah, the you know we go back to the third generation helicarriers. I think. I think to me, like, the algorithm getting out there was the main plot or the main ploy of Hydra. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just jumping the gun on that. But it seems to me like that would connect better to Ultron. Yeah. The algorithm was the threat. Right. Uh, the
4: helicarrier not the helicarrier <laughs> yes, the technology it had
3: Iron Man propulsion jets right. that's the only thing that was like yeah. oh.
2: and before I forget I mean uh, Kobe Smulders and Maria Hill has uh, a meeting with uh, Stark Industries at the end of the movie exactly yes. that, that does happen right so.
3: why does she want to be so involved
2: with Stark Industries at this point right <laughs> Um, there's a the huge battle at the end. Let's go to the helicarrier battle. Yeah, uh, we get Brock Rumlow, uh, the guy. He, he's the guy that fights Falcon at the end, and uh, he gets the burns all over him. Yes. Uh, which he'll come back eventually as Crossbones, mm-hmm. which we know from the Captain America comics, and uh, and wear that mask. Um, he even wore like we talked about the cross uh the cross straps the in the Spenders, movie yeah. alluding to the character. Uh like I said, I think he'll come back in the Shield show.
3: He was so like cool yeah. and, and so threatening as just you knew he was a human, unlike Batrock. I think maybe they were trying to show the difference between what Bat Rock is and what this guy is. This right. guy was a straight up killer. Yeah. You know, he was going to kill babies if he had to. That's how yeah. I felt about how threatening he was. Right. You
1: know? Yeah, he didn't have any allegiances. It, no. Yeah, he was going to, whoever was the better for him yeah. was what he was going to do.
3: And he was fully, yeah, I mean, his I'm
1: glad they killed. didn't put that baby killing thing to the test in this Right, movie. right.
2: That would have taken me no. out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if he would have, like, bust into a nursery, I would have been like, oh, fuck Right, out. but
3: as, a, as, like, a minor kind of character in this movie, he was very threatening and kind of scary. As a villain, you know, you knew there was something else behind that guy.
1: Now, I didn't see it in the movie, but I've seen it all over the Internet. Some Somewhere in this final action sequence we see the new avengers tower for the first time yeah, yeah. it's
2: when the, the uh, helicarrier is targeting certain places right we do see it okay. yeah yeah um I, I don't think an image has been leaked
1: online i've seen the image online i'm pretty sure okay of the new stark tower of the new stark tower okay. the rebuilt one that will is the first time we've seen it since avengers one okay i'll, try to, I'll try to find that
3: very cerebro yeah that was very cerebro Detecting future threats and all that stuff,
2: you know? In the final battle, like, did you guys, like, Jay, you, did you, did you really enjoy the 3D of Falcon flying? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That was the best 3D in the movie, I think. Absolutely. How did that work in 2DJ? It looked good. I thought the
1: Falcon actual action sequences looked really good. It, the suit really held up when they yeah. were doing that kind of stuff. And I loved
2: it when, like, he would, like, kind of, like, the just guns. bust out the guns. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. And just put him back. I,
1: I disagree with Mackie. I think the red and the spandex and the colors would have really been distracting on yeah. scenes like this. It looked. Yeah.
2: Good. Just like even in the Avengers, like the kind of like the the cap suit was yeah. a little distracting. It was at times. totally, totally. Yeah, but this this he was
3: very much the Ultimate Universe design, which is kind of where I jumped into the Ultimate Universe was the Ultimates with Falcon, right? And I was like, man, he looks just like him. Yeah,
2: he looked really good, and yeah. I, I think I think the uh, the the designers did a great job with Falcon and,
3: and him doing the choreography fight scenes in a flying suit. You're like, how you know how could this possibly any, be any different than seeing? Superman fly through the air and fight people
2: But it was and they did a really good
3: job Of keeping it interesting
2: Now did anybody else have a problem like me uh, With the fact that the chips Were so accessible yeah. Uh, and they weren't really guarded yeah. all that Mr. much Mr.
3: Bond please don't put these chips in the <laughs> slots that are located in my secret layout <laughs> okay they were like pretty much out in the open yeah no problem you
2: know and yeah. it's like the first two chips went in without a hitch and then like the, right. yeah that third one with Cap with the final battle between him and the Winter Soldier it took a little bit more of an effort but you know I don't know it was I don't know they just really didn't seem to guard those chips they were just just kind of like, okay, you just got to fly up in here, yeah. get up in there, and just drop the chip. Guys in. can't
4: possibly get up
1: there. No way. Yeah, that that that, that plane went okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that kind of fall, fell flat, but there were other things going on in that scene too.
2: So you know, Cap, he has his final battle with the the Winter Soldier. Uh, he gets shot multiple times, uh, even gets stabbed. Um, and uh, once he gets in the chip. Uh, he lifts that steel beam that fell on, uh, Bucky and, uh, who then, uh, as soon as he lifts that steel beam, Bucky, Bucky gets out and, and then, uh, you know, he, uh, just punches him in the face (laughs) relentlessly (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and and it looks like Cap is just like ready to die at that point. Yeah. Like almost like he has like a, like a suicidal death wish. Like, Hey, you know. I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, if
1: you want to kill me now, kill me now. I don't think he's so much suicidal as unwilling to fight his best buddy. Right. Is, is well, what it is. I think he'd rather die than, than hurt someone that he's so close to. I he, think in a way he is suicidal. He's stuck in a time he doesn't
2: understand anything. He's just like, you know, whatever. If this is it, this is it. I mean, when he fell, he didn't – it was almost like it. like when he fell – from from that platform and was falling, free falling. It was just kind of like yeah. that scene where he's got his arms kind of out and he's just ready to go. It was man. Sacrifice, sacrifice. Yeah. Exactly. It was almost like he was just like. But I understand your point as to like he's not going to kill Bucky either. Yeah. But at the same point, I think like the world he's thrown into, I don't think he wants to be a part of it anymore. Right? It was almost like he had kind of like a death wish, and if it was his time to go, it was his time to go.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think both both of us are right. I mean, if yeah. this world can do that to Bucky, then it, what's even the point? Anymore? Right,
2: right. Did they do a great job of conveying the relationship of those two characters in this movie? Mm-hmm. Not no, so much. Not so much. Um, would it have worked a little bit better had we watched Captain America, the first Avenger before this? Maybe a little bit better, but eh, I don't
1: right, know. Right. Yeah. Do you think, do you think um, most people, even non-comic book readers, came into this movie already knowing Bucky was a winter soldier?
2: The previews kind of gave it away.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I felt like the older crowd, there was a lot of gasps. Yeah, it reveals. Okay. I was paying attention to kind of watching the rest of the crowd and there was a lot of people kind of looking at each other. You could tell, oh my God, you know, people saying that stuff. But I'd say for the most part, most of the, most of the people in
2: the audience already knew about it. Well, maybe yeah. people like, even after like, they saw it, like they didn't, maybe it had been like since 2011, yeah. since yeah. they seen Captain America, they
1: didn't remember the character. Right. It's hard to gauge that because we're yeah. so steeped into the mythology already that it it's is. like, was did that reveal work or didn't it? I don't really know. Yeah, yeah.
4: What did you guys
3: think about the fight scene though, that final fight scene? I thought I thought what was really cool and kind of another iconic moment is when Cap basically picks him up by the throat and just holds Winter Soldier up, like looking at him. because yeah. the whole time you're like, Who's who's better? You know, who's the ultimate you know, as far as like strength and who's gonna beat the other guy? But right. he just picks him up, it's like, I can beat you at any time.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I'm not going to. And that was, that, that to me was kind of emotional too. It was almost when like, Darth Vader chokes you know, maybe chokes Luke or is fighting Luke and then holds back. It's like, I'm not gonna kill you.
2: Does Cap have, like, a full, like, grasp on, like, what this guy's gone through? I mean, we can say, like, this guy's a fucking villain at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this guy, they have been over the past 50 years, they have been using him him, sending him out on missions to do these assassinations, do these missions. He does these missions, they come back, they fucking maybe brainwash him, and then they throw him back in the freezer for another, like, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, then until they need him again, right? I mean, what has this guy fucking gone through? What has his best friend fucking gone through this whole time? I mean, this movie didn't really do a great job of showing that. But like, I mean, does Cap has does he does he have the full grasp of like what
1: Bucky's gone through? I never really knew. I that was one of my bigger problems with the movie. Okay, like, I just never really knew. I, I I just wanted there to be more dynamic between Winter Soldier and Cap. I agree. And I wanted it to feel like this was so torturing yeah. the cap to even have to deal yeah. with this on this level yeah and I just never really felt that I didn't that.
2: feel that either I didn't feel that either I, I agree but there were so many other things in this movie that they had to to do I I think if if they would have hit on everything we would have been looking at like a three hour fucking yeah. movie yeah yeah
1: and it's a two way street I, I I don't want a three hour movie either
2: well I don't want yeah. like a two uh, two hour
1: bromance either right, so. right. yeah, yeah
3: but I, but i think that's what this movie accomplished Is that because it was called captain america the winter soldier it was kind of parallel like captain america understood what he could become in the hands of people that wished to use him right like shield and it kind of starts off from the very beginning with steve rogers like why are we attacking a pirate ship right. i don't want to be an errand boy you know right. what i mean and i think that kind of ties it into i see what bucky's going through because i could become that That could be me, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it did kind of open his eyes, and that's kind of the parallel.
2: Well, at least we got, like, a real fucking threatening villain as opposed to fucking Iron Man Man 3, where it just turned out to be some guy named Trevor who was an actor. Right. We got a real fleshed-out villain this time, a guy who's an actual threat, a guy that you could believe that could actually fucking kill Black Widow Right. at any point. Like, I feared for Black Widow. (laughs) There are certain times in this movie where I feel for Black Widow. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, Iron Man 3 and Cap 2 are very different movies in what they're trying to do.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, like, who is Iron, Man, Iron Man's Joker?
4: You're
1: right. Yeah. Who is his Joker?
2: Batman's got the Joker. Iron Man has Mandarin. You know, Cap has, you know, Bucky, in this case, in this movie. And so, I mean, I don't know. It, I'm just glad that they went with like the traditional route as opposed to like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> instead of like some weird reveal about you know Bucky or something. Well, it
3: was a fight to the finish, and that was cool too. And, yeah. I, and I don't, and I think that's one of the worries about Batman Superman um, mm-hmm. is that it's going to be we're going to fight for a while and then we're going to be buddies. Yeah, you know, and yeah. this this was kind of like it, it was really that was another emotional scene was when he rescues Cap from the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cap, Cap could not rescue Bucky when Bucky fell from the train right? off a bridge. Yes. And then we see the juxtapose of Bucky reaching in the water. And I thought that was a real emotional moment. He's dragging him out of the water, and then he just walks away. He's like, I know I need to save this guy.
2: Right. Yeah.
4: I
3: know there's something about him. I need to keep him around. And that, to me, was real,
2: like... I'm glad that they didn't know how to do CPR back in the 40s, because that would have been
4: really <laughs> He didn't even try. He's just like, you're fine. You're good.
2: Yeah, you're, you're just like, are you going C- you know, to start pumping the chest? Yeah. Uh, I know. Is there, is there going to be a little bit of lip lock action going yeah. on there?
1: Yeah, just pull him up and flip a coin. Maybe he'll live, maybe he won't.
2: Right. But that's that's what I think about
3: also is, is what's cool about Bucky um, and what they kind of showed in this movie is that him and Cap are kind of the same and, and that, you know, they both kind of learn from each other from the very get-go of meeting each other. You know, I'm with you to the very end. I'm going to stick up for you. You know, I'm going to try and get you on the right path. Steve, your parents are dead and this kind of stuff. Right. From the very beginning and it continues throughout the whole movie where they're running parallel, trying to find the right way to do things, the right path. And Winter Soldier, you know, he's getting brainwashed every five seconds. He's getting frozen every five five seconds. <laughs> After every mission, he's probably
2: wiped. I did not. That scene was a very adult scene. It me. was. Watching yeah. him get brainwashed yeah. while uh, Alexander Pierce is just, like, overseeing this. Right. I mean, I I did not like that. No, it was pretty rough. It was rough. I'm saying I liked the scene. Yes. But I did not like watching this character go through that.
1: It made you uncomfortable. It It, did
2: make you very uncomfortable. And, like, for kids in the audience, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is very adult. Yeah,
1: Yeah, easily (laughs) the most adult that the Marvel Universe movies have ever gotten. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Even in its themes.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree. Agree. Um, like uh, going back, like I said, like this was the Empire Strikes Back of of uh, you know the
1: Captain America movies. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it still had its cheekiness of the Marvel universe, though. It, it definitely never. Yeah, was. it was like, directed
2: by the Russo brothers for crying out
1: loud. Yeah, it was never Batman territory. As right. adult and as dark as it got, it's almost in comparison to other movies. Right. You know. Yeah.
2: Um. Now uh, you know, yeah. We got to the part where uh, Bucky walks away after he rescues Captain America from the waters. You know, we saw the hand in the waters. Mm -hmm. We all knew who it was that rescued him. Um, uh, Later on, we see Black Widow. She's being interrogated again by uh, Shield, like uh, you know, head members of Shield, and they feel that she should be imprisoned, right, uh, for some of the actions that she's you know played a part in. Um, you know, she claims, she's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and put me in prison, but you're going to need us. You're going to need us. You're going to need the Avengers too. Right. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, go ahead and try to imprison the Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
3: Yeah, for sure. Um,
2: you know, we get the scene at the graveyard, Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Fury is still thought to be dead by S.H.I.E.L.D. He says something about going to Europe. What is his mission in Europe? Did you guys catch that? I don't know. I don't know. He says something about him going to Europe. He then asks, you know, I think he asks uh, Falcon and Cap if they want to go with him, which... Cap and Falcon, they both agree that their next mission is to go after, uh, you know, Bucky, the Winter Soldier. And so, you know, Fury is on his way. He, You know, he burns everything uh, that uh, is associated with himself, the eye patch and (laughs) and, a lot of his, uh, you know, possessions and things like that. So now he's he's wearing, like, the sunglasses. So he's on his way to Europe. Mm. I, I didn't catch why he was on his way there. I know he said something, but I missed it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that either, why he was leaving. We
2: are a shitty podcast!
3: Do you know why I don't know? Why? It's because there was... The gravestone. Do you guys know what was on the gravestone? Yeah. Yeah. An ode to pulp fiction. Yeah. It Ezekiel was 316. Ezekiel
2: 2517. 2517. Yeah. All right, take a listen. On the gravestone, when they're looking Ezekiel uh they're looking at the gravestone. It's uh inscribed on the uh, gravestone is Ezekiel 2517, which is an ode to a character that he played in pulp fiction. Yeah. You
0: the Bible Greg? Yes. Oh, well, there's
1: <laughs>
3: that's why I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I was writing that on my hand. I was like, "Motherfucking Pulp Fiction."
1: <laughs> distract me. I didn't actually catch that one.
3: Yeah, I don't know why. Why would he be in Europe? What?
2: You know, that's why that this podcast is. Never gets old!
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jake has nothing to say. I'm speechless.
2: <laughs> Jake, you should feel so privileged. That I'm, you, I'm,
1: I'm honored. You
2: are. You should be honored that you're included in a song.
1: Oh. Uh,
2: my name's not in a song. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's singing Brian. <laughs> oh. Well, there is
3: Brian's song. That's that's a real
2: song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that or was, a movie or something. That was a really good movie. <laughs> Brian's song is a fantastic football movie. We'll be talking about that later. (laughs) Brian Piccolo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) pickle a hoo
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that just happened. <laughs> oh no! All right, so okay, uh, yeah. So then, like, we find out that uh, Cap is going to be joined by Falcon to track down Bucky, right? Uh, you know, the Winter Soldier. So, do you guys think that that's going to lead into Captain America three? I hope so. I do too. I hope that that that's the theme of the of Cap three. I don't. I hope they don't try to throw that into uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, because that would go back to what Robert Downey Jr. said as, uh, he recently said that Age of Ultron is uh, very ambitious. What Joss Whedon is trying to do is very ambitious. Which you can take that as, oh, that's going to be great if he pulls it off, but ambitious can also mean you could really fuck this up.
1: No, that's a very worrisome word, I agree. Ambitious could mean he's worried himself. Right. Yeah.
3: It's hard to say because you don't really know what the fate's going to be after this movie. I, I, you know, you don't know where these characters are going to go and how that's going to impact Age of Ultron.
2: I mean. Is Captain America going to be a
3: pivotal player in that movie? We don't even know
2: yet. I mean, we know all we know about Age of Ultron is that they say Hulk is going to be a pivotal player, and that Hawkeye is going to play a huge part in this movie. Thank God he for deserves that. It. Clint Barton has been overlooked in these films, and we knew that everybody was screaming about that after the first film. That like, yeah, for the first, he was pretty much like you know Loki's little puppet in the first movie, yeah, and we barely got to see any Clint Barton. Yeah, they mind-fuck
1: him right away, and right. that's all, you know.
3: It's pretty interesting that they're taking the Hulk and Hawkeye and making them prominent roles, just right. because Hulk wasn't really a prominent role until Avengers, yeah.
2: and then Hawkeye, because of Avengers, everybody wants to see more of him. We're going to talk about the future of Marvel, but first I want to talk about two, you know, post-credit scenes. We've got a mid-credit scene, mm-hmm. and then we got an end-credit scene. Uh, I do want to point out that uh, the first... Credit scene. The mid-credit scene was directed. Uh, it was in fact directed by Joss Whedon himself. So let's talk about this mid-credit scene. In the mid-credit scene, we are introduced to a Captain America villain from the comics named Baron Wolfgang von Strucker. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I don't think that Stanley named him. No, because it would have been like Baron Wolfgang von Bucker. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I'm
1: pretty sure that's a Roger Storm creation. Probably. Okay.
2: Now, the actor uh, playing Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, say that five times fast,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's played by actor Thomas Kretschmann. Uh, so, it's, they say, basically in the movie, they say it's true when you cut off the head of someone in Hydra, another two leaders pop up. Right. Uh, so, now we're introduced to this uh, new leader of uh, Hydra, uh, von Strucker. So, he's talking with somebody who looks like a scientist. Yeah. You know, in the program about their recent defeat, and then we get the reveal of Loki's scepter from Avengers. Um, so it's safe to say that this is one of the Infinity Stones.
1: Yeah. Okay?
2: Yeah. And it will play a bigger part in, in the films. Uh, it's likely the mind, st- uh, mind Stone, which is no revelation to anybody who's been, like, following these. Right. Because uh, – it, 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 it's been the stone that controlled uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, that's how he
1: mind-fucked Hawkeye. Exactly.
2: And, and uh, Dr. A- er- Eric Selvig mm-hmm. as well. And then he tried to fuck uh, Tony Stark with it with, in the chest, and he said, you know, he gave him the, the funny line about uh, performance issues. Then right. <laughs> uh, Strucker mentions that they also have the twins. Yes. And uh, reveals uh, two characters that we know from comics, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They're in a side-by-side cell. Uh, and uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, uh, who we know as Kickass ass uh, in the Kick-Ass movies, will be Quicksilver. And then Elizabeth Olsen is the Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth Olsen is the younger sister of the Olsen twins. Um, and she claims that she didn't use them to to get into Hollywood, but you know, honestly, <laughs> sure. there's, there's connections there, I'm sure, but she's actually a pretty good actress. Um, uh, well, it's interesting that they are playing brother and sister in age of Ultron because they're also playing husband and wife in this summer's Godzilla film. Oh yeah. That's that is right. crazy. That's right.
1: Notice that they were referred to as, miracles.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that they might throw out inhumans and mm-hmm. try to throw them in as like inhumans, but they did say miracles. Right. Um so on the left side of the screen you see quicksilver and he's clearly freaking the fuck out. <laughs> he is
1: freaking the fuck out. And he's
2: wanting to get out of that prison and he's bouncing off the walls, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as best he can like like the flash or something like that, moving very quickly. Quicksilver is known for, you know, speed. And uh <clears throat> and then on the other side you see Wanda the Scarlet Witch. And she's levitating these blocks with her minds, and, and she looks calm as a cucumber. What yeah.
1: a what a classic <clears throat> Scarlet Witch image! It was yeah. playing, playing with the blocks. Yeah, that I mean, did
2: she did she, okay? Did she make the blocks come together at one point? <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, it was very cool. Um, Super cool. Von Strucker doesn't refer to them as mutants because, uh, you know, as we know, Fox owns the term mutants. Uh, when it comes to the Marvel properties Any any other studio out there in, in any other kind of property Can say mutants Like Total Recall The original with Schwarzenegger had mutants yeah. But when it comes to the Marvel properties You can only use mutants uh, If you're Fox Studios Ninja Turtles can be mutants <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, He calls them miracles like Jake pointed out So then Von Strucker says to the scientist This isn't the age of spies This is not even the age of heroes This is the age of miracles, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing more horrifying than a miracle. (laughs) And he's referring to the twins. Yeah. So, you know, we know that Hydra is still alive. They are still in this universe. They have Loki's scepter, possibly the mind gem. They also have the miracles. Mm -hmm. And possibly Zola. Yeah, and possibly Zola as well. Um, and, uh, so how much of a role do we think Strucker is going to play in the next movie since he's not the main villain? I mean, we clearly know uh, Ultron is the main villain just from the title. Uh, you know, they've cast, uh... Uh, James Spader, James Spader as Ultron, which we weren't sold on at the beginning, and now, like you know, following like the blacklist and things like that, we know that this guy is cold, calculated. He's got the chops to play Ultron, Uh, so we're sold on it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we fucked up there, whatever. (laughs) But you know, he's going to be a great Ultron. Uh, He's pretty damn important, though, Von Strucker. Uh, especially if this staff does turn out to be one of the Infinity Stones. So far, we've been introduced to the Tesseract in Avengers. Uh, also, the Tesseract was in Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Uh, and then the Aether that we were introduced to in Thor, the Dark World, uh, and and what we now think is the Mind Gem in Loki's Scepter. Uh, so we've got three more to go. Um, do we think that Von Strucker will play a major part in this next movie, in the next, uh, in the Age of Ultron.
1: I think he will. I think he will play a major part in the next movie. Okay. I think, um, you know, as much as Ultron's going to be the focus, there's not going to be much human element to Ultron as a villain. You know, at the end of the day, he's a robot. He's an artificial intelligence. And I think Baron von Strucker is very much going to fill that role as a villain in a movie. You know, the more, the more human, physical element of a villain. I think by the second half of the movie, though, we'll probably be done with him.
4: Hmm.
3: Well, I mean, he's 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 already signed on to like a two or three picture deal, I think, at this point. Okay. <clears throat> so we know he's in for the long term, but we don't know what that means because in the comic books, he's been head of Thunderbolts, right? Which would also be awesome. You know, is, it, is that going to carry over into Shield? Is that going to be part of the television universe, um, or is he, or is this all? Like I said before, every little piece ties together is the Hydra a plan with Zola to create this artificial intelligence? Basically, Zola is an artificial intelligence. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: He could transfer his intelligence to something else, you know? So uh, to me, like it poses all kinds of questions. Like it seems to me he, he's going to be a pivotal player just because of this past knowledge we have from this movie that we now know of Von Strucker and Zola and the, uh, total Hydra plan. Because they're the two new leaders basically right you cut off one head two appears that's zola and von strucker and and the comic books you know they do all kinds of meddling right and and they do mess with technology and and to me it's like we created these things well you know we created ultron as tony stark says or as richard downey says is the quote or whatever we created these things well throughout the course of what happened you know between uh uh, shield being created and then the Avengers being known about by the general public, superheroes. What next, what is the next step to, you know, to deal with all these situations? And you have those, you know, we have the, uh, Project Insight in Captain America Winter Soldier. Does that all tie in? Is the algorithm part of what Ultron ultimately becomes via Von Strucker and Zola's ultimate plan, which wasn't the helicarriers at all?
2: Right. And That's we, what I asked. And, and 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 on top of everything, we've got Thanos.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. Which is due to appear in GOTG. Now, my next question is, uh, and you guys have done a great job of answering these questions, honestly. There, there's so many theories. I mean, uh, theories were uh, was starting to be formed after, you know, Phase 2 started with yeah. Iron Man. Right. And even more theories are being created now. Now... Uh, Do you guys think that we'll get another Infinity Stone introduced into Guardians of the Galaxy? And do you think that it's in that container, possibly, that Star-Lord steals at the beginning of the trailer uh, and then gets uh, arrested for? Do you think that maybe that's uh, an Infinity Stone within that container? or do you think I at least think I personally at least think that they will introduce an Infinity Stone in that
1: movie if not two I'm in 100% agreement Um, maybe it's not in the container that Star Starboard's getting but one way or another we are seeing another Infinity Stone if not two if if not not two two. definitely one there's no way two (laughs) <laughs> we've, we've already been told that Thanos will make an appearance in this movie. Right. And I think if you can't draw the conclusion just from that, that we're not going to see at least one more Infinity Gauntlet, then yeah. you're not paying attention well enough. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to see it.
4: Yeah.
3: Here's what I think, and correct me if you don't believe this, but I think. Star- I love Jay's theories, by the <laughs> way. Jay blows
2: my mind every once in a while. I, I hear this.
3: I think Star Lord already has an Infinity Stone
2: in his uh, scrotum. No.
3: Like he's got no, not like a, not like one of those, not like a kidney
2: stone. That's, don't pass that.
3: We we see in the trailer he's holding a blue orb. Now, blue balls, right? Very symbolistic. He's not getting enough action, but he's got this blue orb. Uga chaka. Exactly, exactly. But there's a whole other theme. No, I'm gonna shut up now. I want to hear this. That's a whole other theme. <laughs> All right, but he has an orb that glows blue. Okay. And he's at the beginning of the trailer. We see him doing this Indiana Jones type shit where he walks into this temple. Yeah. And there's another orb. Now, do the infinity orbs tell each other where they're at? Is that what he has in his hand? It's not just like some light.
2: So like they want to be together. They
3: make sure that in that trailer he sets it on the ground and they show a picture of it by itself. It's like if that's just like a detection device... Right. Why are they showing
2: that so no, It's kind of
1: like... Uh, Temple the, of Doomstones? He, he, might not, you he, know. he might not even
2: know it's an well, it's, it's like It's like in Lord of the Rings, where fucking the yeah. ring wants to be re- reunited with uh, Sauron. Exactly. You know, like,
3: yeah. Exactly. That's how I saw the GOTG trailer, and that's why when you said two, I think it's two. I
1: think we're going to see two of them. Dos, dos, gems. Yes. Okay, that's a great theory. Awesome.
3: And then maybe we'll see another with a Doctor Strange movie. How the hell does he
1: have
2: those kind of powers? Yeah, I, I still don't think they're gonna do a Steven Strange. No, you guys Strange are full movie. of shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Figgy Faggy said that we're not gonna to get to Thanos like as the major player until Avenger 3. We right.
3: will see him in GOTG. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I know. We'll that's see all him. we know. I'm yeah. sure we'll see him a bit in Avengers 2, but we know he's not going to be the big bad no. until Avengers 3. I think they're been saving
3: him for way down the line. What do
2: you guys think about fucking, uh, I don't like how they're doing this next year in 2015. They've got Agents uh, uh, Age of Ultron coming out in fucking May, and two months later they got fucking Ant-Man coming out, and that's their two films. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, like how they're doing it 2 months later, dude. I like this fucking like, okay, we get a movie and then 6 months later we get another movie. You know, like Avengers came out in May. We had to fucking wait until the next year until Iron Man 3.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a long I mean, wait. It it, was a you long felt wait.
2: it. Yeah. And we all know how I felt about Iron Man 3. And yeah. if yeah. you <laughs> don't know how I felt about Iron Man 3, get episode 2.
1: And <laughs> listen. He, spoiler, he loved it.
2: <laughs> I, I
3: honestly think Ant Man is all part of the plan. No matter how much they talk about, like, he didn't create Ultron and all right. that shit. I think they they are damn well going to use that some way, some shape, some form to where it makes sense that it's two months later that they have to tell this story.
1: Right. Yeah, I think both movies are going to be so different feeling too.
2: Oh, absolutely. A little bit of catching up with the leftovers this week. What do you guys think about the Paul Rudd casting and then the uh, Michael Douglas casting as, okay, we've got Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, and then uh, Hank Pym as uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. I like it so far.
4: Yeah, Paul Paul Rudd
3: to me was a front runner from the very get go. I think we heard rumors about that early on. Somebody had said something. I mean, this was like
2: months and months. Ago. Well, I heard rumors of uh, what's his name, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt being Scott Lang, right? Yeah. Which would have been cool too.
1: We definitely talked about um, our opinions on Paul Rudd, though, yeah. as Ant Man, as far back as when we were recording. Before a, gr- a
3: great idea, and I and I think Ma- uh, uh, Michael Doug- Douglas, much like Robert Redford adds that gravitas but Michael Douglas has kind of a quirky kind of zany side too right. like he's played crazy characters before Yeah and and Hank Pym is kind of off the hinge
2: Maybe they could roll uh, Kirk Douglas in there. He could,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he could be real loose. No,
2: but we could have no. We could have like a whole fucking Marvel short with him and Peggy Carter hanging out.
3: What I think we're gonna see and what the constant theme is with uh, almost what they kind of introduce in Captain America is this theme of. This
2: short would be called
3: dementia. Oh,
2: oh. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: that is cold That is cool. Sorry. But alright, back <laughs> to that point. They've kind of hinted at time travel in Captain America. You 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 see Zola talking to Steve Rogers saying we were both men out of time. Right.
2: And we all know about And this. they don't fit into this time. They don't fit into they're this time. they're not meant for this time. It's always a,
3: a reoccurring theme since winters since First Avenger through Avengers through this one. Right. Man out of time. He's not he's adjusting, he's out of time. And as we know in the comics, he goes back in time. He basically relives his whole life again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like they're setting up for something like that where, you know, we might lose Steve Rogers to that. Right. And that might be what they're setting up with also with, with Bucky Barnes. But yeah. I still feel like with the introduction of, uh, of Scarlet Witch, who can control things such as time, with the introduction of Quicksilver, who can basically travel through time.
1: Yeah. You think um, Sharon Carter is going to pull the trigger again?
3: Yes. In reverse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's another thing I wanted to talk about. She was introduced, but very, very subtly. It's like, here's this character. You know, we're going to put that on a back burner. And, uh, yeah, she joins the CIA right. by the end of the movie. Right. She, you know, and you've got... But see, again, does Crossbones come back because of this? I right. Mean, he basically helped make this instrumental to where she does what she does in the comic books. But I, I don't think that... It just seemed like she was an afterthought, and I don't think they did that on purpose. I think they did that on purpose to where she was just kind of in Some the Some
2: foreshadowing towards the future. Right. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, let's talk about the end credit scene. Yes. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hank Pym and Scott Lang, do you guys think that... Uh, Scott Lang uh, is going to be like in the comic books. He's going to steal the suit. I do. I do you do. think they're going to like go back to like maybe the '60s and show like some like old school Shield with like maybe like a younger version of uh, you know Hank Pym and uh, you know get an actor to play like a young Hank Pym, show some old school shit, and then go back and and then go into the future and show like you know Paul Rudd stealing the suit.
1: Yeah, we're definitely going to see Paul Rudd steal the suit, and I think that'll happen in the now. I think we'll see that transition okay. in the movie. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of thing is perfect for Paul Rudd. Getting to see him experiment with all the things that the suit can do for the first time. I yeah. think he's really going to play into that kind of comedy and make it fun. Yes, and it's an Edgar Wright movie, so yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I can't. I can't wait for the Ant Man film. I mean, it's Me been neither. it's been years coming. Uh, you know, it's supposed to come out a lot sooner than it has, so I can't wait for that movie.
1: I, I, I think there's a lot of similarities between letting Edgar Wright do Ant-Man and James Gunn doing Guards of the Galaxy. I'm really, I really respect that for Marvel where they yeah. let these people that have their own artistic visions of things and let them do it i mean they have ground rules of course but, i love the cornetto trilogy but yeah i love the cornetto trilogy mm-hmm. um i love at world's end
2: i thought it was a great movie it was a lot of fun and i i can't wait to see what edgar wright does with this movie yeah i
1: mean they didn't hire edgar wright so they could give him a bunch of ground rules they're, they're gonna let him unleash on that and it's yeah. gonna be a lot of fun
2: um jay did you have anything to say about that
3: I mean, I mean, I'm 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 anxious to see what part Ant Man plays in this because, I, as we all know, you know, Ant Man was a major player in the early Avengers. He was part of the original team. Are they gonna <clears throat> Are they gonna just dis, just disregard all that and say, you know, it's not Hank Pym? I mean, to me, it's like I, I I don't know why they would put Michael Douglas in that role unless maybe he has more of an important role than you know an important part in the whole mythos of the cinematic universe than we think. So. I, I don't know. I, I'm just very interested in what it's going to be. And I love the fucking balance, like you guys said, with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy taking a different twist <laughs> on these characters and a, and a different feel. And I think that's what Ant-Man's going to be. And the timing of it, I think I think they know damn well what the timing's going to be.
2: Um, Dave Griffin, who writes for our uh, site, he had a prediction that the Ant-Man movie was going to focus on... Uh, the fact that Ant Man was involved in all of these Marvel films—that he was basically <laughs> Age
3: of Ultron, dude. Well, he was shrunken. <laughs>
2: he, was, he was shrunken down to size, and like you know, and, you know, causing certain things to happen and go their way without unbeknownst to them, and. Uh, that would be neat if they did incorporate that into the film. Well,
3: that's fucking smart, because I think that's probably pretty close. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to spoil anything ahead of time.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about the end credit scene in the movie, uh, where we get... Uh, I don't really have a lot to say about this. Maybe you guys do, but no. we I kind of already talked about it. Yeah, Bucky walks through and sees the Captain America Smithsonian exhibit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Mm. I was hoping for a Guardians of the Galaxy scene, personally. Yeah. And,
1: and this is what we got. I felt like it was a scene, like I said earlier, that should have been in the movie. I was confused as to why this would be a post credit scene. Right. It felt like something that should have been in the movie.
3: What, what I thought was cooler than that was the animation during the credit scene. Oh, I loved the
1: animation and how the they
3: had Bucky or Winter Soldier there with the American flag as a shadow. Yeah, that to me was like Captain America. Yeah, dude's gonna be Captain America. Yeah, that yeah. was more important to me than the end credit scene. <laughs> I, I don't really get why they even needed. To really include that, it didn't. It didn't have an impact,
1: right? Yeah. And it, now every Marvel movie has two in credit scenes. I mean, by two thousand twenty-five, is there going to be like seven in credit sequences? Well, at, the end end at least they are doing end credit scene. Fuck yeah. you, DC. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly.
2: So, how is this movie doing on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, right now, it's at a ninety-five
1: really? percent. I had, I just looked. that thought I saw it was an eighty-nine. That's pretty eighty-nine uh, percent for the critics. Oh, got you, got you.
2: Ninety-five uh, percent for the audience. So it's doing very well. Uh, very, very well, and it's uh considered uh certified fresh, nice by by, by both. Um, let's take um a look. Let's actually let's just take a little break, real. Taking breaks like a
4: motherfucker.
2: Let's take a little break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
3: Who wants salami? <laughs> you had to
2: dish that shit up. Uh, yeah, and Jake still has his pants off, so that's a really weird thing to say. I've
3: already got some salam.
2: <laughs>
1: Salami for everybody.
2: <laughs> All right, and we're back um, here. Um, so I said earlier that the Russo brothers are coming back for part three of Captain America. It was a done deal in January, and then Kevin Feige, he announced it in March, But I found this quote interesting and very cool from the Russo brothers... They said, we're just in the formative stages of it right now. We, we just started breaking story with uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, and we're just getting an idea of what we want to do with it. It's crazy working on it before the movie even comes out, because you want to see what people respond to in the movie. Mm-hmm. You want to get some inspiration from what people like about the film, so you go, okay, this is just what we got to lean into into the next movie, or this is what we should move away from this didn't work so well so we're just in that phase of breaking story but waiting to see how people respond to the movie this is like the anti david s goyer quote <laughs> that we read like maybe a couple weeks ago where he says yeah i listen to what fans say but sometimes i want to give the fans what they don't expect these guys actually are kind of like saying hey we're going to listen to what the fans like what they didn't like and we'll see where we go from from there and listen to the fans move in that direction
3: right and that's what makes marvel movies so much better in the long run than some of these dc projects not all of them
2: mind you but most of them yeah right uh, let's talk about the Marvel future, uh, the future of Marvel cinema as a whole. Talk about where they go from this cat movie. Characters we'd like to see get films and some quotes by Kevin Feige and just how far out he's planning on, uh, taking these Marvel movies. Uh, this news came out from Joe Blow where Kevin Feige said the following about Captain America's <coughs> link between the Winter Soldier and Avengers of Age of Ultron. This is a really cool quote. Now listen to this. I don't want to give too much away but it is very much a continuation of this storyline and sort of going back into the Avengers fold Steve is now torn between is he just a soldier you know there is a scene in the Winter Soldier where Anthony Mackey asks well what would you want to do if you are not a soldier anymore and part of his journey in the Avengers Age of Ultron is to answer that question <laughs> I think that's a really cool kind of like setup for the next Avengers movie. I think so too.
3: That's why I almost feel like he's not, I, I feel like he's going to disappear. In all honesty, like to put it bluntly, I was going to kind of skirt around it, but I feel like in Age of Ultron, they have to get rid of Captain America in order to continue the story they're trying to tell.
2: So you think there's going to be a Cap death?
3: We need something to where the leader is gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is this is the team in disarray.
2: Well, we we all thought that maybe like Hawkeye was going to die in the next movie, so you're thinking possibly it's Cap.
3: I think it's possibly Cap because he's saying it's very well a tra- uh, uh, you know elements of this movie transitioning into Avengers two. I kind of feel like that's their ultimate way to continue the story because you've got these solo movies, and the question always arises: is like why don't they call the Avengers? Right, where's the rest of the team? Yeah. This would be the perfect way to extend that to say the team's gone because Cap is gone. Right. Maybe. But how does that play into the whole storyline of the Winter Soldier and Falcon?
2: But with Cap Cap 3 coming out and Chris Evans signed on for that. That's true.
1: Maybe Cap 3 is where we're going to see the assassination. That well, would fall into fold with us seeing Agent Carter pull the trigger. Cap, uh,
2: Chris
3: Evans has also almost called him Cap because <clears throat> that's how much he embodies him now for me. But Chris Evans has said that he's more looking forward to Captain America 3 than Agent Voltron. Wow. Yeah. So he knows something. And he's so passionate about the character, much like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, like... He really took to this character.
2: What worries about me about these Avengers movies, and it it worried me about the first Avengers movie, is screen time for these characters. Like, yeah. people get left out in the mix. I mean, I think we got a great. I mean, we of course we got our Iron Man time. A lot of that was in, uh, you know, him just in the suit. We got to see him in the suit. You know, not a lot of him out of the suit. Maybe the scenes with Pepper Potts, the scene with Loki, but most of it what we saw of him was like him in the suit. They we got that holographic image of him talking to Jarvis most of the time.
1: That's a very valid fear. I mean that's something comic movies have struggled with since the Batman sequel in in you know, the early nineties right. is are they packing too much into this movie?
2: Yeah. I and mean, that's what we're worried about Batman versus Superman with all these fucking like uh you know, casting announcements that we get. Yeah, we, Jeremy Irons is Alfred, and you know Gal Gadot as fucking Wonder Woman, and yeah. Jesse Eisenberg now is Lex, and uh, and <laughs> Ben Affleck. <laughs> so He's you know, pumping up for the role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about Ben Affleck next week, yes. and uh, some of that stuff, uh, our thoughts, uh, and if they've changed since the casting announcements. On our catching up at the leftovers, but let's get back to this in the future, Marvel. Um, so, now we know that uh, Kevin Feige, in the past, he's stated that uh, they have movies slated as far ahead as 2021. But he's now saying that that number is closer to 2028. So, seven years past that initial announcement, there could be spin-off movies from the Age of Ultron movie as well as the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So, uh, the information... That information, it comes from an article in Business Week where they were speaking with Disney CEO Bob Iger, and he said much of Marvel's success can be attributed to Feige. He has a special understanding of comics, fans, superheroes, and narrative. He concedes that Marvel won't recover the film rights to Spider-Man or the X-Men anytime soon, but says Marvel has something more valuable— a universe of thousands of characters it controls entirely. That means Feige can produce an unlimited number of films with interweaving storylines and characters, creating a vast audience for almost any Marvel movie. People might show up for the Avengers, meet the Black Widow, and come back for her movie, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's, interesting. It's a smart business model. It's There's a map of films... Reaching far into the next decade on the wall of Faye's office, it's like looking through the Hubble telescope, you go, "What's happening back there? I can sort of see it." He laughs. Then <laughs> he says, "They printed out a new one recently. They went to 2028. Jesus. Hmm. Can you imagine seeing all that shit laid out?: Now it's interesting that they might have spinoffs from Guardians of the Galaxy now that of course. Nova. Nova. (laughs) Now, yeah, we're going to definitely talk about what movies we're going to think might come out, you know, in some of these uh, post-Phase 3. I mean, I'm I'm talking post-Phase fucking 3, guys. Shit, yeah,
1: 2028, we're talking Phase 5 at that point. Yeah.
2: So, um, my next question is, now, what could those movies be? What, you know, okay, what about those Marvel Netflix shows? Could there be a Daredevil movie? Uh, Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage and Iron Fist movie. You know, what about a Moon Knight movie? You know, Warren Ellis is writing the, the new Moon Knight comic, mm-hmm. uh, comic uh, and, and currently Moon Knight's new look uh, in that comic could be very cool in a film. Yeah. He's not wearing, like, the old, uh, the suit with the fucking cape and <laughs> Cloth. shit. Cloth, yeah. Uh, I just don't know if the character has the draws that the other characters do. Uh, he's street level, uh... But, you know, even the unknown Guardians of the Galaxy have the cosmic stuff in their favor. And, of course, they have a talking raccoon, okay? You know, any movie that has a talking raccoon is going to appeal to, to, to somebody, uh, you know, kids especially. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Moon Knight would be a better Netflix show for them to do, uh, you know, over a movie. But, uh, you know, it just, I think it all depends on how those Netflix shows take off next year.
1: Yeah, we're definitely poking the stick at the water to see if, if the ripples are big enough to we can do those kind of movies, right. I think. Yeah. Well,
3: I think that's what Marvel is probably doing with Guardians of the Galaxy and mm-hmm. Ant-Man. It's a
1: test. <coughs> yeah. Testing the waters. Test. Yeah.
3: How far can we go? What characters can we introduce? What will audiences get behind?
2: Right. Yeah. Now uh Chadwick Bozeman, um, he played Jackie Robinson in the forty two movie, which was a fantastic movie. He he recently and Jay, you talked about Black Panther earlier, but he told Blackfilm.com that he would love to play a superhero and that he mentioned Black Panther. Right,
4: right.
2: So I mean you know, I mean people are throwing their name into the mix here already. You know, Chadwick Bozeman, we've heard him, we've heard Chuetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Possibly. Um, there's going to
1: be a new Bond villain is from what I'm reading. Bond
2: villain. They're talking about him as a Bond villain. He's also been yeah. mentioned. We talked about J.J. Abrams having a uh, talk with him. Yes. Uh, in the, in, at, uh, you know, uh, Bad Robot Studios about possibly maybe being a link to a Star Wars film. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about a, maybe a Black Panther film, which I think would be fantastic we definitely need it we do need it we do need it if, if they if they open up the Marvel Universe to Wakanda that would open up something completely new for you know, you know viewers to see and that could you know lead into other movies where we're actually taken into Wakanda Wakanda I think would look awesome I agree especially if it had like a, a futurist like okay you take in the, the technology of Wakanda and then mix it with that Mel Gibson apocalypto feel mm. that would be fucking awesome in a movie that's what you need to do.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: But who would you get to direct a Black Panther film? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Maybe, I, I, maybe I, Mel Gibson can change his name. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of I feel like <clears throat> in order to introduce Black Panther, they've got to get rid of Tony Stark. Okay. You've got to have a reason to bring in somebody that's that brilliant and knows this other technology that Tony Stark has no idea about. So, in order to bring in Black Panther, something has to happen to Tony. Maybe we see the whole team get disassembled. Yeah. Maybe we see Avengers yeah. disassemble.
2: Because, you know, you bring in Black Panther, you got Tony Stark worrying, and I think we got enough of that in Iron Man 3. Right. Yeah.
3: And, and, we, and we have enough brilliant minds. We've got Bruce Banner, we've got Iron Man, we've got, you know, possibly Doctor Strange. We have all these brilliant minds. We right. don't We don't have a reason to bring in Black Panther. Yeah. But, you know, a Winter Soldier, when he becomes Captain America, has an adamantium armored suit. They can't bring in adamantium necessarily, but they can bring in Wakanda technology.
2: Well, yeah, and they've uh, they've dropped it in Iron Man 2 with the vibranium being located in Wakanda. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. But we'll see. I don't know. What do you guys think about? Okay, I was thinking about this in this uh, when I was watching uh, the Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and they said they needed a pilot. Part of me was thinking, like, "Oh my God, they're going to do it! They're going to introduce Carol Danvers." Oh, yeah. that would
1: have been awesome! I wish they would have. They're yeah.
2: going to introduce Carol Danvers, and they're going to this is going to allude to a Captain Marvel movie, right? It didn't happen, of course. But, I mean, what do you guys think about a Captain Marvel movie? Uh, I mean, can't wait
1: for a Captain Marvel movie. It's going to happen? Yeah, I hope so. I
2: think so, too. <sighs> well,
3: it, seemed, it seems to me with the introduction of Wonder Woman and the DC canon, yeah. possibly, that they're, they need to counteract with something.
2: Would you want to see Captain Marvel before you want to see a solo Black Widow movie?
1: Mm-hmm. I do. Mm, yes. I do. Yeah, I want Hawkeye to be tied into that Black Widow movie. <laughs> I am a Black Widow and Hawkeye as a, as a movie. Do you really show. think that a Black Widow movie is going to happen, or do you think this is just
2: all talk? I think it's all talk. I think it's all talk. I do.
3: She's not a major enough character, you know. I, th- I
2: think, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think they're going to have a Captain Marvel movie. And, like, of course, you know, we had the rumors of Katie Sackhoff <clears throat> yes. being Captain Marvel. And then she even, like, kind of, like, uh, slipped up and said that she has talked to Marvel Studios. Right. And, of course, everybody is thinking it's going to be Captain Marvel. So I think, yeah, I think we could see a Captain Marvel movie. I think it needs to happen. I think that needs to be the first, like, you know, kick-ass female Marvel movie, Mar- the female-centric Marvel movie.
1: And Black Widow can get plenty of time without a solo movie. I'm sure she'll get plenty more time in Cap 3. Yeah, she got great
2: time. Yeah. She got great FaceTime in fucking Avengers yeah. and she got great FaceTime in this fucking next, this movie here, Winter Soldier. Definitely, definitely.
3: Yeah, I, I don't have any like interest in seeing her in a solo movie set in like present time. If they if they're going to tell it, I want to see like her past.
1: Oh, that might be fun. Yeah. yeah.
3: I don't I don't want to see anything she's doing in real time. That might
2: be better suited for a Marvel short though. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
3: exactly. A better a movie. But to me, like I brought up earlier, Secret Avengers, if you kind of tie that into her character, I think that'd be a good way to further explore, and like you said, Hawkeye, bring in that relationship, or, you know, she's had other love interests, you know, besides Hawkeye, including the Winter Soldier. Right. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason we're talking about, like, what movies that could come out, I mean, Kevin Feige has already said they've got movies slated till 2028, and I think, like, each year... That we're going to see like a familiar character get a movie, and then an unknown get a movie. And that all depends, of course, on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, And then he's even talked about possibly having three to four movies come out each year, because these movies have been so profitable. Right. Okay? So, I mean, Marvel can take risks. What do you guys think, of course, a Doctor Strange movie coming out?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for a Doctor Strange movie. I can't wait to hear a director attached.
3: Yeah. Well, you've got to take it, you know, they've they've explored, they're going to explore street level more in the Netflix series, but they've already explored some of the human aspect of the heroics. They've explored the cosmic aspects of the heroics, but they haven't explored the sorcery. Magical occult stuff, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, they've done as Asgar- guardian
1: a little bit, little bit with Thor, yeah, Thor, but
3: that's yeah. more mythological,
2: yeah, and, yeah. And,
3: and 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 all comics have these elements, you know, you have all four of those, it's not just mythological and sorcery, it's they're all together. So, I think that that's probably that opens up more possibilities. And honestly, you know, you guys are talking about Fahey and his his genius of how he set this up ahead of time. I don't think they're going to show Thanos until a long time from now. Like, as a major contender, they're going to show him. Right. He's going to be in the background, but I think they're going to play it out as long as possible to get that fully fleshed out to where all these heroes need so to come So do
2: you think that he's... You don't think that there's going to be a He's the final, ultimate. Like 2018, when Avengers 3 comes out, you think that he's going to be the final... I don't
3: think so. Really? No. There's so many possibilities. I mean, they're bringing in Ultron... He's just one of many huge villains that the Avengers face. Thanos is like way down the line. But I'm
2: thinking like with uh, Downey's contract that they would want to have that final showdown include Downey in that film unless they could wrap Downey up for Avengers 4. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really want to see Kang eventually down the line. King oh, the yeah, Conquer- Kang the
2: Conqueror. Yeah, I'm a yeah.
1: huge fan of Kang. Baron Me Zemo. Too. Yeah, I'd love to see the uh, 30th century Avengers. Well, I was thinking
2: that even fucking uh, Pierce, Alexander Pierce, could have been Zemo yeah. Yeah. at one point in time Yeah. in this film. So, uh, What about a Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver team-up
1: movie? Mm, um, meh. No? Yeah, without, without the, the mutant license and the X-Men license, I feel like that would have too many obstacles. It would just be too vague with the things they'd be able to do.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, they could tell a whole story just based on Scarlet Witch and Vision and Wonder Man.
2: Yeah, they've already introduced Vision. Paul Bettany is going to be the vision. Yeah. No, I agree. Paul with Bettany you. is the voice. We all know Paul Bettany is the voice of, uh, um,. Jarvis yeah. in the Iron Man movies and if you want to put a face to that he was also in uh, Knight's Tale he played uh, Heath Ledger's uh, right. uh, companion in that movie
3: and, and it seems to me like they're playing this whole duality like this technology or these superheroes can be used for good or evil and I think that's setting up for Civil War Eventually, down the
1: line. Yeah, I don't disagree that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver won't be handled correctly. I just think if you take them out of the context of an Avengers movie and say this movie is called Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, there's way too many hurdles to overcome to make that cohesive and interesting
3: that's true but yeah. again like how are they gonna tie them into the next avengers or whatever else they're continuing with this
2: i'm kind of with jake on this one i think that uh scarlet witch and quicksilver are more of an event kind of team yeah like they're they're saved for the event
3: right for now
2: <sighs> for now
3: but see i think the same way about thanos i think he's the event
2: yeah later. yeah
3: he, i mean if, if we're talking business sense he's gonna stretch that out as long as possible it ties all everything together nicely, so they can just keep going and going with. Yeah, that.
2: once you go from Thanos, where do you go? You can
3: go
4: everywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like uh, it's Batman versus Superman. We're all hoping like it eventually leads to a, a battle with Dark Side. Right. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So I mean Thanos is like the ultimate when right. you talk about, you know, Marvel Universe. So
3: you could stretch that out 10 movies down the road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And people will still watch it. I they will. Know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the, the longer you stretch it out the more exciting it, it kind of gets.
3: You've got 12 Infinity Gems or
2: Right,
1: six.
3: Know, 6, 6 Infinity Gems and we've only found possibly 3, maybe
2: 2. Did you guys watch uh, Marvel's the uh, the Assembly of a uh, of a Universe? I
1: did. I caught the replay that? of it. I it was know. excellent. Yeah. Oh man, it was excellent. The first, it was so interesting just hearing about how all these movies came to creation and just the the risks they took and the chances they took.
2: Now, did you guys, uh, Jay, you didn't get to see it? I didn't see it, no. Now, I think we're bound to see a Planet Hulk, World War Hulk movie. I agree. Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> and I didn't see it. <laughs> Especially uh, it, it, with the reveal of the pictures that we saw of uh, Iron Man wearing that, and I'm assuming it's Tony Stark wearing the Hulkbuster, Hulkbuster armor yeah. that we saw in that uh, special. Uh, it's being uh, used against the Hulk in that teaser art that they showed in that special. And now, in Planet Hulk, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, uh, a group called the Illuminati, uh, made up of Doctor Strange, Namor, Black Bolt, Professor X, Iron Man, and Reed Richards, they feel that the Hulk is too dangerous to stay on Earth, and they intend to ship him to a peaceful planet. Uh, instead, he goes through a wormhole and ends up on a planet, uh, Sakar which is a planet that is run by uh, someone called the Red King. Mm-hmm. And, and the Hulk is forced to fight in these arena battles. Uh, he then comes back to Earth with a group called Warbound and then goes on to defeat Iron Man. He destroys Stark Tower in the process. Fucks Black Bolt up. Yes. Love this That's story. my favorite part of the story.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> he then defeats the New Avengers, the Mighty Avengers, Doc Samson, And the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, that reveal with the teaser art leads me to believe that Hulk is going to be banished at one point. Like, he is a threat. And so the next Hulk movie that we might see, maybe in Phase 3, could be a Planet Hulk slash World War Hulk movie. Yeah. That could be fun. I don't... Very fun. But how much FaceTime... And I talked – Actually, I brought this up on our Facebook page. Like, how much FaceTime could uh, Mark Ruffalo get? And to which Jeff LeBaron, actually, if he's still listening, if he's, <laughs> thank you, Jake, you motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you know. Like, but Jeff LeBaron said, like with the with the motion capture, he, he'd get all the FaceTime that he needed, kind of like Andy Serkis does. You know, when he does Gollum, or, right. you know, it, when he does Caesar in the fucking Planet of the Apes movies. True. He'd get plenty of face time. So, I mean, a Planet Hulk movie, I think, would be amazing as long as it didn't look like fucking Episode One or John Carter with all the fucking animation and shit. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a tricky one. I mean, if pulled off correctly, it'd be amazing. But Yeah,
2: I don't want it to be like, oh, okay, green screen mania. Right. Fuck that. Yeah. But
3: it, but it begs the question, you know, what else would they do with his character? Besides, that's where they have besides to, banish him.
2: That's, like, the best story. You
3: have to banish the whole Right. Thing.
2: He's uncontrollable. Unless they did, like, fucking, like, the Peter David run. True of true. Hulk,
1: Word that would be awesome. Oh, right? Yeah. With um, what was the other, what was the other Hulk's name? Mister Fix-It Mr.
2: storyline,
1: right. Which I
3: loved.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Mister Fixit. But I don't yeah.
3: know if it would translate to the. But backstory. I
1: think this would
2: like a Planet Hulk, World yeah. War Hulk, would be it. What, what I
3: don't either. want to see, and what when when I saw that image of the Hulk Buster, which I loved, yeah. but I don't want to see that as an AI that Tony's controlling from somewhere else. Amen. I don't want to see that. I Fuck that! We I saw enough of that bullshit. Right,
2: the Hulk in Iron Man three. The
3: Hulk is Wolverine times fucking hundred. Yeah, the dude's uncontrollable. He's pure rage. He's the most powerful fucking character.
4: He can beat the shit
3: out of Thanos.
2: <laughs> but before you, well, did did you read Infinity? I did. I did. He choked. He choked <laughs> yeah. him. He right. choked him. Yeah,
3: I agree. Okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But I like to imagine he can kick the shit out of anyway. me. But to bring him back later after World War Hulk yeah. takes place would be even more badass. Yeah. To to everybody loved him after Avengers, people didn't really fucking care about the Hulk solo movies. I enjoyed the second one. I like. I like the second one. one too. But nobody really cared until Avengers. <laughs> so bring him back, make him a huge player in Avengers Two. Take him away. Right. Fuck. <laughs>
2: Last movie I want to talk about is uh, a possible uh, Guardians of the Galaxy spinoff. You know, of course, they could have like a you know like a Star Lord movie, or maybe a, I I don't see it. I don't see like a Star Lord movie. I
1: don't see I don't even see a, like a Rocket Raccoon and, and group movie. I see that more as a possibility than a Star Lord movie. Yeah, if or, the characters really explode. But I see a Nova mm-hmm. movie yes. coming out of mm-hmm. this.
2: This is all setting up Nova. And uh, especially uh, you know, since they introduced the Nova Corpse uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and on face on a Twitter, excuse me, my pick, if they ever chose a Nova, is going to be uh, Nick Robinson of the movie uh, Kings of Summer, and he also plays uh, um, a character on Melissa and Joey. Um, he's also going to be in the upcoming Jurassic World movie. Hmm. I, my choice would be to to cast him as Nova in the movie. I've already tweeted it to Kevin <laughs> Feige and to Nick Robinson himself. So if that happens, I you called uh, you heard it here first. I doubt it'll
1: happen. <laughs> oh, man. no, no, poor Nova. He's got one of the worst names in the Marvel universe. Yeah. I've always thought, of yeah. Richard Rider. Uh. Well,
3: if it is Richard Rider, which I don't think it probably will be right Uh, but to me to me if if Fahey is is who he says he is he knows damn well that Nova is what binds the universe together at this point in my opinion yeah in my opinion reading the comic books now
2: if you want to have like since they can't do Spider-Man right if you want to have the Marvel Cinema version of Spider-Man some kid you know get these miraculous powers and take it cosmic yeah You've got to have Nova.
3: And who didn't
2: love flight of the star last of the starfighter if, the last starfighter the last starfighter who the fuck didn't love I that I fucking love that movie. I still love that movie more important than Benji or any of that I shit. don't know if it holds up to like the next generation like when people like kids watch it today sure. but it still holds up in my mind that's I Nova agree. that's
3: Nova to that's me. fucking Nova man yeah. <laughs> exactly
2: so you need to make a Nova movie and that would be my that would be top priority for me for phase 3 and
3: you're so fucking right if they can't use Peter Parker's spy Spider-Man Nova fucking a he's a younger he's a teenager he's got all these extraordinary powers he's learning how to cope with it his father's missing his father was a fucking Green Lantern and you know if you want to compare it to DC his father was a Green Lantern and he's fucking disappeared he is the new Green Lantern
2: he's don't the com- chosen one don't compare him not
1: to the movie a shitty decent <laughs> movie with Ryan Reynolds not, the, not the movie I've always thought that comparison too but the, the Nova Corps are the Green yeah, yeah. yeah
3: and the to hell. me why would you fucking introduce it why would you even bring
2: it up right no, I agree. So, I, I think we're all in agreement that phase three, they, nef- they definitely need to... It
3: gives me chills! Yeah. He's just... so much, like, I love the Hulk. It's fun. I, I love Captain America. Yeah. I love Hawkeye, but fucking Nova.
2: Can you imagine, like a, like, a movie where we get, you know, you know, okay, of course, like the Avengers core that we know now, add in the Guardians of the Galaxy, add in Captain Marvel, add in Doctor wow. Strange, add in Nova.
3: That is against Thanos. That's what, Thanos.
2: that's what they're doing that's what they need to lead up to yeah
3: exactly
2: alright so guys I think we're going to wrap this one up um, I want you to is that okay yeah Yeah, okay.
1: can I um, very quickly uh, thank Carmike Cinemas for letting me into the movie yeah absolutely um, I appreciate that a lot and thank you Carmike yeah. I want to thank a couple more listeners um, you know John Butler Yes.
2: for for sticking with us thank you John for your emails I appreciate those and I also want to thank Steven Ure, mm-hmm. um for your emails I want to thank you guys I didn't forget about you um, we're going to be back next week with our catching up with the leftovers so stick with us um, we'll talk about some of the news that we haven't covered since our hiatus and uh, in the coming weeks we'll have an episode with our top 20 movies of all time uh, each leftover will go over their favorite 20 movies from number 20 all the way up to number one um, we're also looking for writers for the site. Uh, so get in contact with myself. Uh, you can email me, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Also email, uh, David Griffin, uh, domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, please head to iTunes and give us a review. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard tonight on the po- uh, on the podcast, I, I just want to apologize uh for Jake.
1: <laughs> and real quickly, um everyone should check out our website too. Check out popcultureleftovers.com. There's material material on there that is not on the podcast. Um Dave's review of Captain America 2 is up on the site and everything. Yeah. And it's it's a good site, it's worth checking out. It's a Jake free. Place. You can you, safe you, there. you can safe you can bookmark it and know that I won't interfere. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Jake tainting that
2: it's Jake free one hundred percent. Oh man, taint free. All right, and um, just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Later, later, guys. All right, see ya.
3: They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But
4: I didn't say that.
2: And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com and if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you and you can be part of the team. Remember this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David and thank you.
0: And check, check us out on Tumblr, Tumblr too, two. motherfuckers. <laughs> And, and don't, don't forget, forget, we're on Instagram, Instagram. too! <laughs> yeah. yeah, that just happened. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall brat. But it's all been done before, You don't wanna be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap! Toss it good and taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, embrace it, let's embrace it, Tupperware. Party Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over. Culture push over pop culture leftover Uncool kids. What's this already been said? Leftover, sure. That the only talent is the band that's singing That is Hot culture leftovers that are original and good. have already been done before, so we should. Separate the wheat from the chaff. And do the chaff. The crap. Even though it's a Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap.
1: And toss it good and
0: taste. It, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture so, spill over like a vulture, carry over. Counterculture over. pop culture. Let's go. And with the uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said? let Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture. Left- It. It it? do we love it hey let's face it can't erase it let's embrace it. tupperware party subculture over like a vulture carryover counterculture books covers pop culture leftovers, leftovers. And uncool kids what's to say has already been said leftovers, leftovers. the only talent is the band that's singing this Pop-culture. leftovers